Mr. Conchata Binks, Mr. Your humble servant. You're thinking you're people gonna die? Monsters out there, leaking in here, all sinking and no power? When the user thinking we say in trouble? Gungan's not dying without a fight. We say warriors. We say we got a grand army. That's why you're not liking us, Mr. Dicks. Excuse me! Oh, boy, boy, I love you! Boom! Getting very scared and grabbing that Jedi and pow! It's time to review the Phantom Menace on this very special edition of the 11 Barsex Podcast. Oh, Cooperfish! Podcast 6 of the 11 Part 6 Podcast. It is movie night! We are finally on our first episode where we are discussing uh, a movie. And uh, I'm here with my usual co-host, John. Hello! And our movie co-host, William! Special Howdy! Guest. So, uh, William's going to be joining us on all movie review uh, podcasts, and uh, it, it should be fun. I mean, uh, we... So, last week we discussed two of the comic books with Darth Maul... Uh, they were both centered around 32 BBY, which is technically the same year as Episode 1, uh, The Phantom Menace, which we're discussing tonight. And um, I guess let's start off the podcast with our usual uh, popping of the tops, shall I say. William, are you um, are you aware of what John and I do uh, on each podcast? I've heard there's drinking of alcohol, which is the main reason I'm here. Okay, so so okay, so you really didn't. God care bless about, you. You really didn't care about Star Wars <laughs> at all. Uh, let's no. go ahead and pop the tops, just because I am in need of a little bit of a beer right now. Absolutely, um, John. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, well, I'm not drinking anything yet. Can we do the salute? <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, you want to do the salute first, and then you, you've already opened your beer. No, I haven't opened my beer. Okay, right open here. your beer. Ready? One, two, three, go. Ah, <sighs> uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. William, I did not hear a beer pop. Ah, uh, you heard this. Uh, okay, William, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a very, very large white Russian. A very large white Russian. Okay, okay, that's new. You are officially the first liquor drinker, I think, on the podcast. Is that correct? That's correct. Oh, I, I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I would oh, guess I'm probably not the right person to answer that question. No, no, huh? no. Yeah, no. <laughs> John, I believe John has never drank liquor on the podcast. I've been drinking sensor the entire time, I think. Yes. John, what are you drinking? All right, so I am enjoying a wonderful beer, very good beer from Orpheus Brewing. It's a Lucery IPA. Ooh, that is good. Yeah, that's a good beer. That's a good oh, you beer. know that one? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, Orpheus, they are go. another Atlanta brewery. You are really just like a... Drink slam- local, man. I know. I agree. I agree with you. I'm drinking a basement tonight, so in honor of... Uh, I am not drinking Setzer. I'm drinking a full big boy beer. What is it? It's a basement. It's not. Any, oh. I mean, I don't, want, I don't want to say it's not anything special because it is special. It's a basement. Brought to you by our sponsors, Scofflaw Brewing. Yeah, seriously. So, in uh, uh, William, you probably don't know this, but pretty much every single podcast, I have been drinking either a Scofflaw Setzer, and then John, or or, or White Claw Setzer, and then John is pretty much. I think. Have you drank? I had the POG. Uh, I had the, POG, um, the Corona. The Corona. Uh, corona. <laughs> Beep. Yeah, uh, and then. Um, what, yeah, you've had some other beers, though, because I remember we talked about some Atlanta breweries that we've discussed It's all before. a blur. Yeah, it's all a blur. Um, hey, guys, it's a movie well, episode. If we're 
It's a movie episode. We're, we're going to call out brands, though, then I have to say there's only one way to drink White Russians, and that's with Tito's vodka. Oh, big Tito's guy, huh? Hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. So we've, all, that, we've always been I an absolute crap family. Yeah, we've always been an absolute family. Oh, oh no, boom. you can't. You can't. Absolute. You can't yeah, drink boom, it boom. straight. Well, I don't. You can just yeah, drink, I don't drink vodka can... straight, but yeah, yeah, you're, you're, I, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's why you're an absolute family. <laughs> yes, <laughs> probably that's exactly is. right. Are you an absolute family? Does everyone participate in the well, absolute the coffee? But my wife drinks absolute. Yeah, we'll drink Grey Goose every now and then, but like not like a, like I don't, I, I don't know. And then what's the? Uh, their Costco has like a brand that's like actually I think it is Grey Goose that they rebranded. I forget the name of it. Well, someone said that yeah, Kirkland, the Kirkland vodka. Yeah, the Kirkland, I think it's a Kirkland signature vodka is like a great yeah. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to state that as a fact, but I'm pretty sure that I remember somebody say that that it's pretty much the exact same thing. Tito's is good though. I've heard my my parents are big Tito's fans. John, what Which vodka do you drink? My parents. Uh, I don't drink vodka because the point of vodka is to have like no flavor. What's the point yeah. of that? Well, not if you're making a white Russian. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you're Lebowskiing it up, you're Lebowskiing it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So that's his nickname for now, Lebowski. Um. Yeah. Believe it or not, I have never seen this movie. What? I've never seen it. That's always been the ridicule of every place I've ever worked. Is somehow I've managed to never seen this movie. They made it buy made me buy the movie at the last company I worked, and yet I've still welcome to episode one of the Big Lebowski (laughs) podcast. We're we're gonna watch the Big Lebowski with William. Everybody says to you when you when you are uh, you know say I want to write Russian that has to be the first thing they say. I, oh, I, it is. I'm absolutely like I, I gobsmacked. Like how you drink white Russians all the time and you've never seen the Big Lebowski. This is actually the only thing I will pretty much drink, <laughs> but yet I've never seen it. The so, uh, I don't know. My, like I said, we own it. My wife's seen it many many times, and uh, I don't know. I just never seen it. And. Uh, I don't I actually like to hang out in bowling alleys. It's even more fun. So, <laughs> so I've got I've got two movies that I've never seen that I vow to never see, and that's Gone with the Wind and the Titanic. I've never seen those two movies, and I vow to never see them. Like I like I, I go out of my way not to watch them. I, I don't care about Gone with the Wind, but why Titanic? I don't. That's know. a it that's an just, achievement of cinema. Yeah, I don't know. I just I remember making the decision one day, being like, I'm not watching that movie. You're just it. mad because oh, oh. you know how it ends. Is that oh, what it is? Also, yeah, true. I already know it. So also too, I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie, which is a which yeah. I, I try really hard to do. I mean, I try not to. I mean, not there's, quite there's the like, same level as Titanic. Yeah, but, but there's like there's like, there's like there's like 1762 <laughs> of them, and I'm trying not to watch any of them. It's just hard. I mean, especially when they start hitting the airwaves. I mean, the, the regular TV. How can I'm I with not you on Fast and the Furious. That crap's so overhyped. Yeah, I just I've never got into it, and I've oh, I'm a huge complete, I'm a huge car fan. I love cars, trash. I love automobiles, I love racing, I love all that, but I've just yeah. never got into those movies. All right, guys. All right, so 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 I'm going to pepper some questions in on this podcast that um, I like doing this to John all the time. William it is I like to just ask him a direct question that I know he doesn't have a prepared answer for. So I want both of you guys to tell me, uh, John, you go first. Uh, I want you to tell me before we even talked about this podcast, what was your one through one hundred ranking of Phantom Menace? And then after this last rewatch or rewatches in your uh, in your case, what is your new score? And I want to see what the delta is. Either way. Okay, so sure. Um, in the years prior, I would have given it a score. I don't want to be too harsh. Um, maybe around eighty. Okay. Uh, high high mid high seventies possibly, depending okay. on what kind of mood I was in. Um, now that we've gone through some Darth Maul material and kind of a, trying to approach it fresh for this podcast, uh, it's much higher. I would give it um, probably a ninety. 
All right. All right. Lebowski, what you got? I am incredibly confused by John's answer and it stunned me. So <laughs> that's why I like that's why I like this because, <laughs> not, because, because it's gonna, it's going I'm interested to know. Yeah. It's, it's... I, I now I don't know. No, I no, just... no, you can't, can't change your mind. If I would have asked you last no, year, no, 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 out of 1 through 100, what would you have given the Phantom Menace? No, no, it didn't change my answer. It just uh, caused me to go into shock. Make you question your reality. <laughs> it did because I I always assumed that you're I really expected your first answer to be like 50 based on all the conversations we'd ever had before. I thought it was going to be like 50. So my first answer would have actually been lower than yours, which is why it was so shocking. Uh, I would have probably given it like 70, um, and maybe now 75. Okay, so, um, so it went up. So it went up. It didn't go up much, but it, but it did get better for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And 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 and, and I, I'm I'm taking out a recency bias, uh, John, a little bit more with you, just because we have been reading a lot more material uh, related to these characters. Um, that's good because I, I I thought about my answer and I and I my and I wasn't trying to get to an exact number, but I was around low 70s, 70 to 72, I think was my my before I rewatched it. And then now I'm floating. I'm, I'm back up to about an 80, 80, 82, 83. Like, I, I think it's low 80s. Like, I, I, I enjoyed it more. And I was trying to figure out if it's recency bias just based on the stuff that we've been reading and we know the characters more. And uh, John, I think with with me and you, I've gotten a lot more into Qui-Gon Jinn since we started doing this project. And, yep. and I think that that, like his character, I noticed things more about his character in the movie where I was like, it fits in. I mean, it's like, it's like he really was just kind of like a, a rebel. It know, really, like no, it. it really, really helps having more okay. information about the characters. No. That's what I meant. I should have asked that question before I answered. Am I allowed to take in, um, in context, like I've read, you know, pretty much all the extra new canon books. Right. And pretty much I read all those books. Yeah, William, uh, actually, William, William, give your background of new canon stuff. I know you've read a lot of old canon stuff, too, but just kind of give, like, an overview of, like, where you sit new canon-wise. Because when me and John went into this, like, I'd read some of the comics, but we really hadn't gotten too far into the lore of Disney new canon. Whereas so, we, we've done a lot of stuff, you know, we're doing it in chronological order, so we've done a lot of stuff up to this movie. Uh, we still so need a lot more to go. Interestingly enough, I've never read any old canon book. Whenever oh, okay. Disney... I thought you'd read some Timothy Zahn stuff and all that kind of stuff. Well, they've actually written new books. Um, right, true, true. Whenever, whenever Disney bought Lucasfilms um, and bought all the, the material and basically rebooted everything, I, I saw it as an opportunity to get started fresh, especially since it also gave the authors a chance to rewrite things from a new perspective, it's like the Thrawn series and um, just you know a lot of the books are... They weren't being completely scrapped; they were just being re- rewritten, um, and little, you know, little tweaks here and there. Um, so I pretty much, I've, I've probably read about eighty percent of them now. Um, That's a sizable amount. And, yeah, and 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 I say read. I should say I should confess that most of them are audible. And the reason I've done audible is and little, um, a <laughs> uh, sales pitch for them because they're actually I um, don't know what you call them, but they're. Um, I guess audio dra- plays. Yeah, yeah they're dramatized. Audio. Yeah, no, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you're listening to it like on a on a nice stereo system, you get to hear like Dolby Seven Point One, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's very very cool. Um, and uh, it, sometimes they actually have a full cast. Um, and if they don't, they have a very good voice actor who can do different voices. Yeah. So so whenever but, it's funny you say that because whenever me and John first started talking about doing this project, but back around Christmas uh, of last year. I said, John, there's also, you know, audio dramas. And I had to go out and mm-hmm. look and see what the difference between an audio drama versus just a regular reading of the book is. And I think, um, so with Master and Apprentice, one that we already read, 
the uh, the person who did the spoken voice on Audible, which I, I was probably like 50-50, 50% book, 50% uh, audio, uh, did tons of really cool voices. Like, he was really good at making it feel like different characters, like really good at it. And then um, we have an audio drama coming up. I think it's at 25 BBY, which is Doku Jedi Lost. And I have a feeling that that's going to be exactly what you just described, which is probably like tons of different characters, absolutely different voice actors, people reading a script pretty much. Um, but you're, but you're saying that there's, there's actually some books like that too. Yes. Well, yeah. So if I take into context, those, those, um, those books, um, plus the, um, like Clone Wars, which goes heavy into Qui-Gon in several places. Right. Um, and then also go, so we're still getting up to Clone Wars. Yeah. And so I won't spoil anything and it goes deep into Darth Maul as well. Then my rating would be much higher. Um, and that's I say that because you and John both re- just referenced it, um, so that's why I'm asking a- about that. Um, again, it, it, without that without that additional background information, those two characters have no relevance. Um, watching Phantom Menace Agreed. by itself. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I I, I totally agree with it. And, and as somebody that before I read the comics saw Phantom Menace, um, they were cool characters. I mean, you know, Maul looks yep. awesome and he was great on screen. Qui-Gon was kind of like this fatherly figure that I was like, oh, okay, he's like a fatherly figure to to Obi-Wan. You know, that, that kind of thing. I, I I totally, totally agree with you, though, after John and I have gone back and read uh, the comics and everything uh, previous to 32 BBY, that it, it's taken on a little bit different form for both the characters. Yeah, especially, you know, Qui-Gon, without, again, not spoiling anything, he is fleshed out extremely well. Yeah. Um, and I mean, just to a, a masterful level. Yeah, I, I, I'm, um, a, I'm a big... Yeah, I'm a big Qui-Gon fan now. Definitely a big yep. Qui-Gon fan. Um, and, go ahead. And I would just say that, you know, knowing all that and then watching... The, the, but unfortunately, the, 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 the problem is, did George Lucas know any of that, have any of that in mind when he actually wrote it? Yeah. Wait, you're no. questioning Lucas? <laughs> no, I, um, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually agreeing with William. Don't get me wrong. We haven't gotten into the Filoni era and, and all that kind of stuff that's coming up. But right. but I, I totally agree with you. Like, where does that character come from? And then who fleshed him out? Was it Disney? Was it, you know, was it uh, each particular author, Claudia Gray for Master and Apprentice? Like, each of those different, yep. um, Cullen Bunn for the comics. Like, who, like, I, I understand that Disney has, like, a storyboard where it's, like, you know, or a story, when I say storyboard, I shouldn't say storyboard, a, uh, a, st- a study, a uh, story group that says, hey, maybe, you know, we should do this, we should do this, and that that work because it can, you know, mix in with this and all that kind of stuff. Do you think that they have the character timelines established and the uh, the authors can dress them up, you know, like this little uh, part over here, or are they do they have more free reign? I think that they say you need to hit on these points and okay your story with us. But I bet Disney is probably like, <laughs> as long as you hit these five they know where, plot points, they know where, okay. we're willing yeah. to kind of walk with you a little bit. Like, we're, we, we, they, they're hiring such good authors. I mean, you know, like, like Claudia Gray was great. I mean, you got... You know, out of the probably, you know, five or six books that I have read, like the authors are really, really good. So I, I think that they have to give them that freedom. But also, yep. I think that there's probably like five or six touch points. And, and my guess is, too, and, and going back to that mall comic that we read last week, John, that we talked about, I think that there's probably little Easter eggs that the story group is giving them and saying, hey, get this in there somehow. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and this is, you know, we'll get far more into this when we get to seven, eight, nine, but, uh, I would say the people who didn't follow that would be the movie people. 
Um, yeah, you know, they're, they're, far I, more. I think, I think those, <laughs> yeah, I think Abrams and Johnson. I mean, well, I think, so, all, I think okay. all those people have such free reign because of who they are. And how right, and yeah. and I, I feel like I need to clarify a little bit. When I said that that uh, earlier, I would have thought of Phantom as like a seventy or so. Um, that that's with the benefit now of knowing of seven, eight, and nine. Before <laughs> seven, eight, and nine. Oh, yes. Before seven, eight, and nine, <laughs> okay, okay, Phantom okay. was like a. 35. Okay. Okay. Wow. okay. But now 7, 8, and 9 so had to have room at the bottom of the scale. They okay. had to wiggle right. in at right. the wait, bottom. Wait, 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 and that wait, wait, necessarily wait, wait, wait. floats now up. Now Lucas is a genius? Is no, that what you're doing? Stop. Everyone genius. stop. Everyone stop. John, John, you're three years ahead into the future. We can't get there yet. We'll get there on this podcast, but I understand where you're coming question from. I understand where question you're coming from. Me. See? I'm sorry. So, yes, let us get back to the cinematic masterpiece of The Phantom Menace. I told you Lucas was a genius. You didn't listen to me. Not at the time. I didn't know I was a child. You didn't know. I told you. You weren't a child. This was the, 1997. <laughs> or no, 1999. Yeah. This was 1999, yes, I, John. How I, old I were kept, you in 1999? I kept telling, when John kept telling that Lucas ruined his childhood, I was like, it could get worse. It could be worse. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Right. Fine. You were right. You win. <laughs> no, no more, no, more, no, more, no, more, no more prognosticating on 789. We have not watched those movies yet, guys. I'm saying okay. let's get back to the, okay, the, the beautiful. I mean, think about it. You sit down to watch Phantom Menace, right? That's Star Wars. It was the feel. It, it was a, it was it, powerful it was. nostalgia. It felt like Star Wars. The sounds, the 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 smells. I mean, everything. The sights. It was Star Wars, and it gave me. I have a much greater appreciation of that now. I, I, I have I to say, I have to say that that when I rewatched it yesterday, and I even told told my wife this, I had popcorn in my hand, I had my soda, and it just I immediately got goosebumps. And it felt like Star Wars. I think yeah. you nailed that, John. The, and, um, and you know, like the initial, you know, flybys and all that good stuff. Um, it just hit all the right spots. Uh, and I don't know how to how to say it any more than that. Like I guess what you just said, but uh, can, and, can and I, it kept that. Can I give you that? guys my backstory on uh, Phantom yeah. Menace and how I watched it for the first time? Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so a v- very weird story. So I was in college at Georgia at the time that uh, Phantom Menace came out, and me and four or five good buddies drove to Lawrenceville, which is probably about an hour away from Athens, to go camp out for tickets, which was, I, I want to say, and I, I don't remember exactly, I think it was like 30 days before the movies came out, something like that. We knew we wanted to get first in line for the tickets because um, we wanted to go opening night. We wanted to go as soon as possible. And uh, we drove out to Lawrenceville at probably like, I don't know, maybe like two or three in the afternoon, uh, the day before the tickets went on sale, and we got quote unquote in line. And the AMC, I think it was an AMC in Lawrenceville, there was awesome. They did they did a really cool thing. They knew everybody was coming. They had the parking lot cleared out for people that could you know park and like you know kind of make a campsite and that kind of thing. And then um, they were really good about they handed out tickets, number tickets. So like right when you got there, you got your next number ticket, and then they pretty much said you know just be back in line with this number in this position. You know at I think it was like ten or eleven o'clock the next morning. But other than that, go have fun, do whatever you want, go eat somewhere, some bar restaurants, that kind of stuff. And um, so me and I think it was like four or five guys went out there, had a time of our lives. It was a blast. Like we went out, camped in the parking lot, stayed up all night. Uh, we had bought a brand new laser tag. So we ran around this huge parking lot playing laser tag, uh, played Risk, uh, Star Wars Risk, Risk. And then, uh, you know, did the steak and shake at like uh, like 2 a.m. And it, it, it absolute blast. Next morning, everybody woke up. Everybody was really cool. Everybody got in line in their exact ticket spots, ticket numbers. Um, I'll always remember the first guy that, uh, so I, had been, I, uh, I grew up in the Lawrenceville area and there was a comic book shop called Galactic Quest. Uh, Kyle was the guy that owned it. I used to go up there all the time and draw at the comic book shop. He was an awesome guy, just really geeky guy, really cool. 
Um, he was there, and then a bunch of people that I'd known from the comic shop were there. And I'll always remember the first guy that got the tickets. He went up to the window, and uh, he came out. He bought the he bought the tickets, and he comes up and he just yells to everybody. He goes, "The first transport is through," and everyone like this is literally like like two or three hundred people going all the way back in line just start cheering and yelling. It was it was awesome, awesome experience. But that wasn't actually the first time that I watched The Phantom Menace. So the next couple of weeks, you know, we're pins and needles, you know, waiting for the the actual movie to come around. Everybody had gotten their tickets. We had gotten, uh, man, I think there was like five of us. We were like, I think we were like 11th through like 16th or 17th in line. And um, we'd gotten really good seats opening opening night, first showing. Uh, we had brought like the maximum number of seats. So it was like four seats per person or five seats per person. So we had like the first like two or three rows that we knew we were going to have. And um, so about three or four days before the movie came out, I get this buddy, and of course, you know, we didn't have text messaging or anything like that, but he calls and he says, hey, you got to come over. I've got the new movie. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I have the movie. I have the movie. We can watch the movie. And I was like, what on earth are you talking about? And this was the era of Napster and like, you know, people like downloading everything and all that kind of stuff. We're on a university network. So like, you know, super fast speeds compared to what, you know, normally would be like a, back then it was really the majority cable modem, but a little bit of dial up still too. And, um, so I go over there, and there's like four or five guys crowded around his computer. And I'm like, this cannot be the real movie. It cannot be the real movie, you know? And uh, I was like, and then I had to make a decision. I was like, if it is a real movie, do I want to watch it, or do I not want to watch it? You know, like, this was, again, this was before it even came out. And uh, so I go over there and start looking, and literally, this is probably like 11 to 12 guys huddled around a monitor that is like 640 by 480, like, resolution. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the movie was not 640 by 480. Like, it was even worse than that. Like, probably half of that. And, um, and we all, and literally all of us stood there for like, I think two hours and that two and a half hours watching the movie. And it was the most grainy, crappy, like you could tell what was going on. Like, I'll always remember the uh, droid battle scene. Like you could not like the lasers firing across and like, there's so many things in the picture. And back then too, like Weta wasn't a thing. So like, we hadn't seen a Lord of the Rings movie really. Like we hadn't seen these big battles. So it's, it's really hard to describe a big battle, uh, in that ter- terrible, terrible resolution. And I'll always remember we all sat there and watched it, and nobody—I don't think we really got it. And I have to admit that whenever I did sit in the theater the next time when we actually got to see the whole movie, the experience was so much better. I mean, you know, oh, you, yeah. you knew it was going to be tons of better, but like just sound, music, and all that kind of stuff. Like, and and I, I vowed that day I was like, I'm always going to watch the Star Wars movies in the theater, like, and not like ruin anything about it. Like, and make sure that nobody talks about it. Make sure I get the first viewing just so that I don't want to hear people discussing it. I don't want to see anything. And, you know, now you got Twitter. you got all this other crap. you got to, like, literally for the last two movies, I think I've shut off Twitter for, like, however long it takes from release day or whatever till you know, whenever it actually comes out. But uh, I'll always remember there's, like, like literally 11 or 12 guys looking at a dorm computer just staring at this guy's screen. And it's just, you couldn't <laughs> see what was going on, but you could at least hear the audio. That is too funny. Yeah, I've actually taken that a step further now. I won't actually go to the theater now. I actually wait till. I can watch it at my house with even less interruptions. Um, oh, so you, I'm you with you, wait, William. You, you I won't wait, go to the you theater wait video, You wait for video, William. You <laughs> wait, you wait. Die. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, John's a little bit different reason um, now. I, not as I've theater. gotten older, I'm not a I'm not a Friday or Saturday person. I have gotten to where I like Sundays. I like sent like a Sunday afternoon show. Yeah. Like I, I can well, handle. Before I can you handle go get that. your pudding. Right before now, I go, <laughs> eat your meat, you can't have your pudding. You, uh, yeah, no, see, again, yeah. My backstory, uh, John again <laughs> threw me off because I was completely ready to defend my score being higher, um, but since it's not, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this makes even less sense. But uh, no, I saw I, um, my wife and I saw um, um, saw Phantom Minutes on our on our anniversary, 
Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah, that was, you know, that's our was an anniversary. And um, that's how I always, we'll always remember our wedding day. Um, but <laughs> we saw uh, two movies. And we would have certainly given it a higher rating. Um, and we absolutely. Do you remember the other movie you saw? Unfortunately, yes, which is why it would have been a higher rating. Oh, okay. If, if we didn't immediately follow up that movie with Black Hawk Down. And it was a back-to-back showing. <laughs> and I had to escort my wife out of the Black Hawk Down crying. Because um, that was not the movie she wanted to see following Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in this day, she can any type of real live, you know, especially the fact that it was based on a, you know, if it's based on a real story, no, traumatized, kind of, but based on a real story, I, yeah, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah the fact, yeah, that, and it certainly did not make her even any more of a uh, Clinton fan afterwards, you know. The, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a, know, that, that was a, that was actually a pretty good movie. I enjoyed that movie. I, that was yeah. a great movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was pretty good. I did. Well, it was the was there they're saying that uh well any well any gets any not sorry just so wait let me make sure William, I want to make sure I have something clear just to just to make sure in my head yeah. that I, that I understand something. You have gone to see Star Wars, Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. and Black Hawk Down back to back, but have never seen The Big Lebowski. <laughs> exactly. I don't understand how this happens. I don't understand. <laughs> These are strange is, life choices, my friend. <laughs> is, that is that is amazing to me. Like Big Lebowski has this like huge cult following. I, and, and you're well, a movie I'm, guy. I know you're a movie guy because I know oh, you. I like, love like, that's what I'm saying. Like I you're love. a huge movie guy, so it absolutely blows my mind that you have not seen the. The other movie that I always got really, I did finally watch it, and I, even after I watched it, I'm like, I don't get it. The uh, um, was uh, Blazing Saddles. Oh, I all right. I'm cutting the mic off. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> who, who invited I this guy? I done. absolutely I love. No, that's I like love one of Mel Brooks. The best Mel Brooks. Oh my God! No, I, I have that watched the best Mel Brooks movies ever. No, I know. I, I love Mel Brooks. I've watched History of the World on Part One at least a thousand times. I, I mean, I can quote every line in that movie, but I don't get Blazing Saddles. I mean, it, the only thing I can think of is that people like it because it's so risque. And yeah, that's part of it. I, I, I agree, just, that's part of it. And he would he did they somebody took a chance with it, and I, I think that is. Yeah. I do. I do think that is one of the appeals. But man, that's still a funny movie. I mean, it's, it's funny. I don't get me wrong. I just I just think history of the world was better. Yeah, um, no, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. All okay. right, all right, all right. So let me let me describe a movie to you, and you tell me the movie I'm describing. Okay. Okay. So we're going to open with a confrontation in space. <laughs> okay. okay. And then the characters that we meet in space, some of them are going to go down to the planet, and we're going to meet some more characters down on the planet. Okay. And then they're going to have to flee that planet under fire. Okay. Then we're going to have a little side quest. Okay. Okay. Then we're going to finally make it to like a home base, if you will. And then we're going to go out. We're going to have a big final battle and have a victory parade at the end. What movie am I describing? Empire Strikes Back. No. (laughs) Spaceballs. Star Wars (laughs) 1? That is The Phantom Menace. And it is also Star Wars A New Hope. Yeah, no. So my point is, this feels like Star Wars because (laughs) it is Star Wars. It follows the same structure. So anyway, my whole point before John Roy did all with the giving it a higher (laughs) score than me was that, you know, being that it was a movie I saw on my anniversary was why I had high, you know, memories of it. But that didn't happen. So (laughs) thank you, Black Hawk. Thanks, John. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just think it's 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 a good movie because it's not utter crap like seven, eight, and nine. Oh, yep. stop! You can't, you can't inject, you can't inject future, future opinions. You have to wait until you want to, you want to bottomize what hoping, myself. What I'm hoping is that by, yeah. these things are so far ahead in the future that you'll rewatch them and be like, you know what? 
I've no. seen, I've read these. I have three. a new no. appreciation for. Yeah, no, no, not going to happen. Not talking about seven, eight, nine. <laughs> not talking about four, five, six. Today we are talking. They about... didn't. They didn't just ruin my childhood. They ruined my adulthood. <laughs> stop! Everybody, stop! Everybody, stop! No, we're not discussing new movies. Which we when all, John which, and I agree on, we things, all have differing it, opinions it's, on. It's, it's but let's get let's get let's get back let's get back to Phantom Menace. Okay. okay, probably right. a bad thing. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, what, what, where should we go? I mean, should we start with um, the uh, so, amazing so there's, visuals? There's, there's, yeah, there, there's no point in like we do with the comics and the books and explaining the story because everybody knows the story. So I have. So I what? Have what, what, is, what is? All right. Pick pick one thing. That is your favorite part of the movie, and one thing that you hated the most. And I'm going to go first. Favorite first. thing other than Jar Jar. No one can say Jar Jar. No, 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 no. Favorite thing of the movie. Number one for me, the John Williams score, Duel of the Fates. That there is, there is nothing. God, you know, if there's you hadn't nothing. Said that, yeah, yeah. There's um, nothing better than that first movie's score. I, I listen to scores a lot. I really do. I listen to them a whole bunch. I have a whole playlist that I keep on during the day that just flashes back through everything. And honest to goodness, Phantom Menace has an amazing, amazing score. I mean, did, I think it? Imperial March had, I think, dominated oh, no, no, for it so did. many and, years. And, and, and to be fair, with 4, 5, and 6, I didn't listen to the scores that much until I really got back into it. Mm-hmm. So, like, as a kid, I didn't listen to them, like, right when they came out, you know, the remaster versions, that kind of stuff. But once once one hit, I started listening to back to all of them. And don't get me wrong, totally pivotal music and pivotal scenes, which is just amazingly well written, perfectly done, exactly on cue, exactly on everything, like, just nailed it. But man, duel of the fates, like the whole, oh, yeah. the whole Darth Maul fighting. I mean that 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 is just amazing music to me, and well, the way even, they use the choral arrangement is just, oh, it's so good. Well, even like when he's first getting, you know, lands on Tatooine, and that you know that sound, yeah. you know, just the, I mean, yeah, the scores were amazing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. all right, so, so that, that's my favorite part. Mm-hmm. I would have said before I rewatched the movie that. Um, Jar Jar was going to be my my thing that I liked least. What? Um, this is going to sound really bad, but I think that the overall my my, my thing that after rewatching the movie, I think that the thing that I liked least about it is not Jar Jar anymore. It's the bland delivery of lines, and it's not just like one <laughs> or two people. It's like everyone. Like like We're, yeah, that's like kind there, of there is, and we'll, we'll we can discuss this a little bit you know more when we get into kind of like characters and that kind of stuff. But there is not just like one actor that delivers lines bad in this movie. There's lots of actors that deliver, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I definitely want you to expand on the characters. Um, I have a theory behind this is why I want to do that. Okay, what, what is... what? What is? Well, wait, first first off, William, what is your what is your favorite thing about the movie? On, upon rewatch, what is your favorite thing about the movie? And then what is your least favorite thing about the movie? My favorite thing upon the rewatch is that I now understand why the Gungans are why they are. Um, I didn't even understand why they're in. I didn't even understand why they were in the damn movie the first time, um, other than comic relief, um, which you know whatever. Um, but the the reason they had to be in the movie, in my opinion, is well, if the Naboo were were too powerful, um, they'd already established that the Naboo were not powerful enough to resist the Trade Federation. So if the um, if the Naboo would have been too powerful, I mean, I'm sorry. If the sorry, if the Gungan had been too powerful, then then obviously the Naboo would not have been the dominant race. So that means the Naboo had, I mean, sorry, the Gungans had to have some sort of limitation. The limitation would obviously have been intelligence. Um, I think that's what made them, them a, as they pointed out, a kind of like a symbiotic life, you know, relationship or a circle. I think is what um, was it a. Uh, 
Yeah, Obi Wan referred to them as. Yeah. So that's 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 what that's what their weakness was. So they did have strength in numbers, and they did have you know some technology, but they had very very primitive um, ways of implementing it. Um, and I think that's the why they were the way they were, and why the, why they had to be that way. And, and give Padme credit for figuring that out too. Like right. Yes. Like you, even Qui Gon and Obi Wan don't really even. I mean, yes. They, like they, they understand that the Gungans are pretty good, but they don't even make that. They don't make that connection or idea, which Padme does. I mean, she from the very beginning, she's like, "Yeah, I," you know, she bows down to him and is like, "I need your help." Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, so I, that, I agree with that. And that's what, and, and that's when it, it clicked on me the second time around that that's why the Gungans were there, um, and because otherwise none of it made sense. Um, you wouldn't have been able to ever explain how, um, you know, they were able to, you know, even fight back with the. You know, if the, if the Gungans were that strong, then they would have already they would have overthrown the Trade um, Federation already, or the Nubian, Nubians um, to begin with. Nubians? Did I say that right? Yeah, the humans. Uh, yeah, Nabooians. 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 Nubians. So, John, um, John, what's your what's your favorite and what's your least favorite? I didn't. You didn't ask me what my least favorite was. <laughs> oh, I didn't. You didn't ask me what my least favorite was. Okay, go ahead. Do you care? I do. I just. I, do. I, I, I care I, deeply. I, I do. I do. I, I. Okay. I don't know now. Hey, William. <laughs> I think hey, his least favorite thing is being interrupted. Well, I know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, William. What's your least favorite thing about rewatching it? Probably, uh, you know, obviously, I want to say Jar Jar. Can't uh, say Jar Jar. I know I can't say Jar Jar, but it, I mean, I, I tried to defend Jar Jar heavily when I first watched it, but I hated him worse now. But anyway, it's it's the fact that it's digital. Um, oh, interesting. Wait, so, what do you mean by that? Like you just mean like? Oh my gosh! It took me everything. I took everything I had not to start talking about this on Discord, by the way. Right when I'm, so I'm watching this on 4K Ultra HD. And holy crap, it looks bad. It looks like a yeah. video game. So this is why they, and, you know, they went back in seven, eight, nine. Something they actually got right is they went back to models. And if you go back and watch, see, I, every 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 Saturday night, I watch um, on um, on Twitch. I we go through and on uh, watch parties, and we watch all episodes of Star Trek: Next Generation with everybody on Twitch. And it's really cool, and, th- and the show holds up remarkably well. I mean, it looks amazingly good and the reason it looks remarkably good is because it's because everything in next generation was made with models and with real life props so it looks good it holds up perfect um same thing with the original star trek everything after that looks like crap um unfortunately lucas insisted on using digital so it doesn't hold up well um so when you start putting this in 4k and in ultra hd you know as far as you know hdr and all that good stuff it looks like a video game um, and especially when things start doing things start moving, I even turned off all motion blurring, an older everything else vi- like that. An older video game, like and I, it looks like an older video yeah, game. It looks like some, it looks like a video game from 2000. That's what it looks like, um, and uh, it becomes very apparent. I was super excited because it's the first time I ever got to see it in 4K. I'm like, oh, this is going to be neat. This is going to be awesome. No, it's not. So I, I, th- I think um, part of that, I think part of that is that uh, graphics or CGI caught up with where the movie was around 2004, 2005. And exactly. I really feel like, I really feel like this when so I, I did the same thing you did I watched it in, uh, so I watched it with my kids probably about two or three years ago we watched it in 1080 and even mm-hmm. then I could feel like it was a little bit like you you, you right. could see a little bit of it and I was like oh okay it feels like a vi- video game from the mid 2000s and then I same thing with you I watched it in 4K this time um, the human scenes great you know everything yep. everything looks amazing 
But I completely agree with you, especially the CGI fighting scenes with uh, like the Gungans and the Trade Federation. Like you see it aged. Like it just didn't well, keep up when it came to the CGI. Well, even some of the green screening with the humans becomes very apparent. Um, which, I, 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 well, to be fair, it kind of always was. Like, like even back then, I feel like the green screen stuff was still not ready or not. Um, I, I shouldn't say that because I think now the green screens are so good that you don't notice them. And yeah. then talk about like Mandalorian and stuff like that, where they have the whole LCD screens behind. It. I mean, it's so good now that you you don't notice it and you really feel like you're involved in it. But I, I agree with you. Like stuff on the Coruscant and like the city scenes, you definitely see the green screen. Like it's 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 a very apparent. Well, and like, and I know that it's it's going to come up later on, but um, George Lucas is insisting that. Yoda be replaced with the digital recreation and that's where the green screen you know is not a good thing because it becomes more apparent um and like you said the technology unfortunately is caught up whereas if it was if it was actually real then it never catches up it always looks as good as it did what if what what if it was Lucas's perfect vision and that he's going to come out with another version of the movie though don't, don't put it past him I, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, you can he still do that? Wait, wait, wait. Can he still do that? Does he still have? Uh, actually, no. He, he can't. No, he can't. Yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. did. He sold yeah, it. But, but that being said, we could see. Like we could see. We could see an updated 4K version with better CGI at some point. I mean, yeah, that they, they replaced Yoda because Yoda was originally a puppet in the movie, or at least the yeah. chair sequences inside the Jedi Council. Yeah. Um, he was a you know he was a puppet, and then you know now he's CGI in the in the remixes or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, so that's good. That's that's a that's a great that's a great that's a great con. I like that. That's yeah, good. and I would have never guessed that digital um, would have bugged me. But yeah. Oh, I remember sitting in the theater watching it and being like, "This is amazing! Amazing yep. sound, amazing CGI!" And like, literally, less than five to six years later, it was out. Not outdated, but like, it was. It did the the advantage that ILM had had been uh, negated. You know what I mean? Like, you could you could make video games that look that good at that point. Yeah, yep. did you ever play Goldeneye on yeah, the N64? Yeah, okay, yeah. that was like, when I played that, that is, it's so real. Yeah, totally. It's like mm-hmm. photorealistic. Oh my God, I'm in the movie. Yeah. Look at it now. Yeah, oh no. I, I, I said I said that with Forza every year. I'm like, how can Oh, I every year. Yeah, and, that, and that's yeah. the thing about the cadence of those games with Forza is like, is like going back to, it's amazing how much we're talking about Forza during this podcast. So, so <laughs> but Forza, Forza has an on-off year where they're doing Forza Motorsport one year and then they do Forza Horizon the next year. It's just cadence, you know, go back. And yeah, you can go back. 10 years to like Forza 3 or 4 and still be like, my gosh, like, where have we gone? You know, and back then that was amazing. And I remember back, I had a 486 back whenever I was in high school, like a 94, 95. And there was a game on there called Comanche. And I was like, oh, oh that was oh, mind blowing. Beautiful game. Yes. Beautiful game. And I was like, and I remember oh. like having to buy like a certain <laughs> amount of high mem RAM that to, to allow mm-hmm. me to play the game. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. I remember loading like half my hard drive was filled with this game. And then uh, I went back about a year ago to play it, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is like, like, oh, it's eight, like it's below a bit. Like it is so so bad." Same with Betrayal at Crondor. If y'all you guys remember that game, I do, I do. Yeah, yep. it was just like so amazing at the time, and I was like, "This is unreal." And then now you're just like, "Oh my gosh." Uh, yeah, anything I buy from good old games, I feel like that's what happens. I'm always like, "Oh, this is gonna be awesome! I'm gonna play, yep. the, play the game of my youth. This is gonna be great." And then I'm like, "I can't I have, do this for more than ten minutes. Like I can't do I it." Have a, I have at least 50 games from from GOG yeah. now that I, I buy them and I load them up and I'm like, nope, nope not buying it. Not, yeah, not worth it. Not worth it. All right, <laughs> Even John. Even though I only paid a buck for it. Sorry, John, sorry, I'm going sorry. to you this time because William is completely done. 
I think. <laughs> is he? Is he really? Are we sure of this? Yes, I, I think we was. John, what is? What was your upon rewatch? What was your favorite yes. part, and what was your least favorite part? I don't. I don't know if this has changed on rewatch. Uh, pod racing. The pod racing scene is phenomenal. Agreed. Agreed. Even even now, I mean, yes. it, it, it is it, such it a rush. Good. The yeah. sound, the the sound mm. of that scene. Yeah. Is, is yeah. Fantastic. And the speed, of course, it's all about the speed. He, he, you know, you can see what he was trying to achieve there. He was yep. trying to knock you, knock your socks off. And and even today, I think it achieves that. And, and let's My be honest, least what? Wait, 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 hold on. I gotta go back. I gotta go back to the pot racing scene. So I, I agree totally. The sound is by far amazing. The child endangerment of that scene oh, yeah. is great. It really is. Like like you got a little little kid, like a little like I don't. What's he supposed to be? Eight or nine? Um, uh, I thought he was almost he, was ten. He eight or nine? Almost ten. Almost ten. Oh, okay, okay. Almost I was gonna ten. say ten. Yeah, but he's like he's getting like like pro racers are throwing tools at him and breaking crap on his pottery. I mean, that is a legit like you don't see that kind of endangerment to a minor in a lot of movies. And then this is a kid's movie. Not until episode three. Yeah, stop, stop, stop. We'll get there. We'll oh. get there. But <laughs> we'll get there, Jedi Links. But we'll, we'll get there at some point. But <laughs> that being said, um, you don't you don't see like you don't like that's like a for a kid like so so we were all older. We had already seen that you know we're going in there in college and everything to see this movie, but like. And, and my kids are older, so they saw seven, eight, nine. That was their first movies. Um, if you're like a kid that's like eleven or twelve, I don't think you see those kind of movies going in. If that's your first Star Wars movie that you've seen, or, or newest Star Wars movie that you're seeing in a theater, I think that's a big deal to you. Like, can you name another movie in which a kid's literally in that much danger, like around that same era? I mean, kids yeah, are flying. Poltergeist. That's not the same Just era. That's like that. 78. I know. That's a, but, but, but I'm just saying Jaws. like... like Goonie, Goonies. No, but Goonies. That's, that's 80s. That's eight guys. This is... Guys, we are way off a time scale here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let, let, me, let me be crystal clear here. This is 1999. Kids are not flying Blackhawk helicopters and getting shot down. This is 1999. What other movies around that era? Because Spielberg's... Not gone, but Spielberg's movies, like the kind of Goonies, like those kind of like 80s movies are not there anymore. Like that... We're, we're in the late 1990s, in my opinion, personally, we're getting into rehashes or we're getting into stories that have been done before. I can't think of another movies in those eras where kids are in danger of something. And that's something that, that, that the pot racing scene shows. And I think that if you're nine or 10 in that age, going in to see this movie in 1999 or 2000, that's something that sticks with you. I think that's a pretty like kind of cool sixth thing. sense. Signs. Every, he wasn't. No, he wasn't in danger. Sign, okay. Signs, maybe. Right. I'll give you every. Was, yeah. Signs was probably right. at the same time. Every anime movie ever made. Yes, but that's anime. That wasn't here yet. That wasn't people weren't watching. I totally agree with you. I totally Ghibli. All those. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. But that was it. That, that let's was just it. go ahead. And say, Eric, you make a wonderful point. Yes. Yeah. How insightful. Yes. Oh my god, I never thought of it that way. I sense. No, we're I be, but here's the I thing. I sense though. we're trying to move on. But go ahead. I don't. I don't. I don't think that. I. It's really obvious what Lucas was doing there, right? I mean, he he's trying to appeal to the to the kid market. You know, you can be a pod racer. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Because that's but what Star Wars is about. That's what Star Wars is about. But no, 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 no. Oh, market. come on. When I watched Star Wars, I was Han Solo. All right? Occasionally Luke Skywalker on the off days. <laughs> but but I, you identify with a 30-year-old man. When he kisses his Because he's the hero. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, 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 yeah, I get it. I'm just saying, like, it, this was the last hurrah for Lucas for me in these movies. And I feel like he still made kid movies. I still like it was feel, still aimed at kids. And was, it was and it was still a good kids movie where a kid is. In if danger. there's one criticism of of this movie, it is that the aiming at children was just blatant. I mean, totally well, unsubtle. Yeah, totally. right. I, I wasn't. Wasn't, wasn't the 
wasn't the pod racing game already marketed? I don't remember that. Um, that's why I don't. That's why I wasn't sure about. Because so, I love, I I definitely loved the. It pod could, racing it, game. That's a great question, William. Is, is whether the pod racing game was already being marketed whenever this movie came out? I feel like I don't think it was because I think it was. It wasn't in sixty four, was it? Yeah, it was. Was right? it in sixty four? So in sixty four would have been later. Okay. Yeah, it would have been later. Yeah, they they would rewatching. Been later. John, you're definitely right because I knew I now want a new pod racing game. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, my least favorite, if I may proceed with <laughs> the, the question posed, uh, my least favorite is right before the pod racing scene, uh, that gaggle of little snot-nosed bastards of Anakin's friends. I know, I know. Screw I those know. guys. I know. That, that scene has always bothered me. It, so, there's two scenes in this movie that really, really bother me. Uh, whenever, I mean, whenever Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon meet Jar Jar on the planet... And Obi Wan has to try to look Jar Jar in the eyes because it's you know. Oh my god, that is so bad. He looks so like way up, and I don't know why it sticks out in my mind. But every time I watch this movie, I'm always like, "Look down a little bit, dude." Obi, come on, look down a little bit. It's just off. It's It's just just, slightly. It's just slightly off. And Qui Gon's, uh, you know, Liam Neeson's so tall that like his gaze is like perfect to look in this guy's eyes. But uh, but um, yeah, Obi Wan's is is always Ian McGregor's just not. He's looking up, but he's not looking directly up. That always bothers me every time I watch this movie. And the second one is the little Greedo-like alien that comes out with, like, the... It's not a lollipop, but it's, like, some kind of, like, drum-bang thing. Like, you got Anakin working on this amazing starship... Or, sorry, this amazing pod racer. Like, all these crazy mechanics. You know, you got, you know, lightning flashing through everything. Jarda's getting burned because he doesn't know what's going on. And, and Annie's over there just, like, dialing stuff in, ready to pod race. And then you got his friends who are just kind of like, whatever, Annie, how's it going? And then this guy's got, like, this drum thing in his hand. And I'm like, what is that? What are you doing with that? Like, what? What is? What is that drum? Like, is he the stupid kid out of all of them? Yeah, he's the he's the slow friend. He's Here's the drum. slow friend. He must be the slow friend. <laughs> Go get your shine box. Because sit over there and tap on your little drum thing while I win this race for all of us. It was just a weird scene. And, and uh, Luke, I think, I think one of Lucas's daughters is the girl with the braces, which always sticks out too. Because like, it's amazing that somebody has she has braces. braces. Yeah, she's got braces. Oh, I did not. I did not notice that. Oh. Now I have to you go didn't watch know, it for that. You were looking at the little Greedo kid with his little drum thing. No, as the redheaded it? little snot bastard. Oh, okay, okay. Just, <laughs> talk about a flat reading. <laughs> just the the lines are just so bad. It's they like, are. Come on, they're, that, they're really, what, what did you do? One take? Is that yeah, it? They're, we're they're good, really, really bad. But part of it, I think, is I think I, maybe those kids are like all known to Lucas, and he just wanted to get that scene in there to show mother. Probably. I'm pretty positive the girl in braces is his daughter. She doesn't. I don't think she even has a line or anything. But uh, I think all the other kids are probably like like friends of friends or like you know people in there. But anyways, I, I just thought that was a I I totally totally agree with you. One of the worst hits of the movie. When when you're you know when you have slaves, and they're kids, <laughs> you want them to have nice teeth, so you're gonna get some braces for them. I. But so help okay. me God, you're gonna detonate that thing in their neck. <laughs> oh my! I fix your teeth. I am. I object oh. to everything being said right now. Oh. <laughs> And by the way, I, just to change subjects as quickly as possible, I did have to look it up. And Nintendo 64 apparently was out before then because the game came out in May 18th. Oh, I am way off then. I'm sorry. No, I'm way off then. Was this I didn't know that. really out? Apparently, because it said the game what? was launched on May 18th. Yeah, didn't Goldeneye come out in 97? I had, to, I had it in 64 like two yeah. years before this movie. I have okay, no idea I, when I, it I'm, came I'm out. I'm way off. I'm way off then. Yeah, sorry. Oh, now, now you're going to have to make me look that up because, you know. 
96 no. it came out. Yeah, Gold, 96. no, you're right. 90, yeah, yeah. I mean, it had been out for a while. Man, that machine's old. I remember, yeah, old. I remember Goldeneye like in, in high school. And yeah, that would yeah, be we are fun. old people. Yeah, we are very old people. The only thing John, I put to the podcast where we look things up. John, <laughs> yeah, I think John the only thing I played in 99 was Dreamcast. Like, I'd like to point, take this time stuff. to point out that John is the oldest. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I like these I, days. I, I accept uh, the mantle <laughs> of wizened in uh, wise one. with pride. For three yes. what three more three more months, John is the oldest. I like these. Oh, months. and then you catch up. Yeah, I forgot about yes. that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so 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 John, uh, yes, was, was the was the kid senior worse? That that, that was it. That was by far absolutely, the worst? Okay. absolutely. Although you are correct, the the just slightly off stare of Obi Wan <laughs> is right up there. It bothers me. It really bothers me. Like I don't know why that one scene. Like every time I watch this movie. That's the one thing I look at the entire time. I ignore all dialogue, everything. And I was like, oh, we won. Look down. Look down a little bit, man. <laughs> I mean, it's right there. Just look down a little bit. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, hey, no movies are perfect. I get it. All right. So I got to go back to, I got to get, you know, I got to go back to me. I got to go back to what I did not <laughs> all like. All comes the best. back to you. <laughs> it all comes back to me. There is some really bad dialogue in this movie. And I'm not just talking about the, necessarily the lines. It's the delivery of the lines. Like there is some that I, I I like like upon rewatch I was really cringing at like when you hear Portland, the good news when, when well when Amidala is like let's 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 work out a new treaty or I forget what the exact line is but I'm just like yeah oh my right God. that was so bad it was it was badly written it was like yeah it, she's it, trying to pull off the queen voice there she you, totally you tell is, she does totally the queen is. voice and, and it just doesn't it it just it, it, sounds it, it, absurd yeah it didn't sit well and then. It, amazingly, the one the line that I probably would have said before I watched the movie was, "This is pod racing," which I love to quote all the time. Classic. It actually, classic it line. actually, it actually fit in fairly well. Now, this actually, is pod racing. I actually like it's enjoyed not it a little pod bit. racing. Yeah, I know, but it was still I, I actually enjoyed it, and uh, and also too, whenever uh, Anakin's flying out of the Trade Federation ship that he's just blown up. There's like some line where the guy's like, that's one of ours coming out of the middle. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, that's not a good one either. But whatever. <laughs> Wait, I want to hear the good news, William. Please tell me the good news. Oh, that it gets worse. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know, I know. And, you know we'll, second movie? What? Those are, no, we'll, 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 we'll talk about those second. Yeah, that's yeah. All right, we'll talk about that later. But the delivery, too, um, on a lot of the lines, too, by the actors themselves, uh, just... And they're not bad actors. That's no, not thing. at all. I know. I think. That, I think that a lot of them are, are really good. And I think that. And this goes back to probably what we've been reading and watching, and you know, comics and all that stuff that we've talked about on the previous podcast. I really enjoyed Liam Neeson a lot more in this movie. I really like. I never really like. I saw him as Qui Gon Jim, but now I'm just like, man, he did a really good job. And even um, even McGregor's got some like kind of flat lines coming out, which I was just kind of like, oh, okay. You know what? Here's the thing, though. So think about this. Princess Leia, right? Carrie Fisher, God rest her soul, in Star Wars, says the line, I should have recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. That's a horrible line. But she says it correctly. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. The Terrible dialogue. Perfect. The delivery but she, is perfect. But she, that is, well, right. And you're right, because these are good actors. It has to be that they just, they, they didn't push back. They, they yeah. just, you know, think, yeah, we're in Star Wars. And they just went along with whatever... Lucas said. Yep. Well, and if you watch the interviews with uh, with her and even, you know, I mean, Harrison Ford and all of them, that George Lucas even told them, they didn't even ask, you know, how do you want us to do this? And he had no direction. He, right. he didn't know what to say. So I, they... I wrote it. You they would read it. Yeah. And so they would actually talk amongst themselves and figure it out. 
Um, and I, 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 the only thing I can guess is what you just said is, is that they didn't do it. Um, they just read it. Well, and that makes it one more uh, little facet in which uh, Star Wars has been, in the end, uh, a victim of its own success. Because back then it was it was, you know, what is this movie? You can you can make it work. You can have fun with it. You can work with it. Mm-hmm. Now there's so much weight. You know. Well, I I think that well, it may be you know a sign of the times too. I don't not to, you know, belittle com- you know more modern actors, but maybe, well, actors were more pressure was on them back then. Or I guess maybe that was a bigger deal to be a better actor back so, then. So, um, so, so, uh, so let, let, let's take your example. I think that's a great comment. The thing is, is that most big blockbusters now, like look at the Marvel universe, the story has been written. The story's already mm-hmm. there. Now they're, they're adding tons of different methods in which, you know, they're, like they're, they're having characters interact differently. They were never like on an actual comic book page, but the overall arc of the story was there. Whereas you got to think back with this, there was, it was a clean slate. Like there was no, there was, it was tabula rasa. Like, like no, they didn't know where the story was going to go. You know what I mean? So I, well, I think there's a little mm-hmm. bit difference in comparing it to like, like I, I always compare it to Marvel just because that's big money. It's Disney owned. They put, you know, tons of really good actors and really good actresses in it. They all know what they're going to do. But, but, but even like, you know, like, you know, the overall arc of the story and how it's kind of going to go. Whereas Star Wars is not, it's, it was all at this time, all in Lucas's brain. Yeah. Well, no. Okay. So, wait so wait if he can't give you the direction, getting... who else is going to tell you? But but you know where it's going to go. You know where it has to end up, right? For episode four. Uh, yeah, now you're correct that they did. No one knew where this story was going, and you just had a general idea of what needed to be done here. But you can know everything about the story, where it's going, where it needs to go, and still have a movie like Thor Ragnarok, where wasn't most of or a lot of that yeah, dialogue agreed. improvised? Yeah, yeah, it was improvised yeah. and very awesome, like overall. So wait, let's go back though. We really know where two of these people are going, right? Well, Jar Jar becomes like well, Emperor. Well, no, well, what was no, he? No, Power no, Minister? No, no, or no, something? You didn't know him before the movie started. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know where Obi Wan and you know where Anakin are going. That's yes. really it, though. I mean, like, there's not. It's not like a like. There is a. There is. I, I agree with you, and, and that does bring it back to Marvel a little bit. There is a total direction where they're going, but I like if you bring if you bring um, Hayden Christensen on set to do something like you don't, you can't direct him because you're like, you're going to be a guy in a suit, you know, who, who utters these really cool lines. He's really awesome. And, and, and force chokes people, but you can't be that guy now. Like, like how do you direct that? Like, how do you get that guy to get into character? You know what I mean? Same thing with Obi-Wan. I mean, that, the Obi-Wan guys, totally different characters. I mean, they're, yeah, well, I didn't let me get us like hate the movie when he did it. Like he hated star Wars. Oh, absolutely. Like he absolutely yeah, it was a silly it. little space. So, film, yeah, yeah. So, so like, so how do you get Obi-Wan or Ian McGregor to say, Hey, you got to get to here, but like, I don't, I'm gonna let you do it. You know what I mean? It, it's, it seems to me. So it seems like to me that it would be really hard to direct a movie. If the guy that wrote it, the one guy that everything is in his brain can't give you direction. Like it would be really hard because you can't make him happy. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a very I don't know. It's a weird place for a movie, in my opinion, for the character actors. Not saying they should not have had better delivery of the lines at all, because there are some like horrible line deliveries in this thing. Like, but unless you have that director that can give you that direction about where your character should be, that's hard. I mean, and the the best example of this is these actors. You've seen these actors in so many other amazing things after these movies came out. You know, or before. Yeah. 
or before. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's yeah, like they, these were that was these another, another big difference. Actors. These are established actors. You yeah, know and, they, they, and they couldn't deliver the lines really well because they didn't know how to act. And and not and it's not on them. It's on the person giving them the character. And I don't think the person gave them the character very well. Well, that's why I'm wondering is if like you know you look at like Harrison, some of mind they had a lot to prove. I mean, they they were I mean. They wanted to go somewhere afterwards. They were not established actors. Agreed. Right. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Hungry. Yep. I think that's the difference. Um, so they created the character. They, cre- they created the yeah. character to make it stick to them. And you think only about they, Only they could do the character. Especially thing, you know, Harrison Ford. I mean, how many? How long did he play that character? He played that char- same character in how many movies? Um, well, from 77 to 2019. No, 20, yeah. <laughs> 20, 2015? And not just in Star Wars either. I mean, he, I mean, he was that character in you know, the holiday in, special. Yeah, no, I'm saying in different Indiana movies, Jones. franchise. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, I, no I, I get it. Like that was his yeah. persona. Like that, that became his right. persona. Yeah, I, it's just, it's just weird. I, the caliber of actors, the dialogue is okay. It's not great, but the dialogue is okay. But just the delivery on a lot of stuff, it just seems so stale. Like it just seems like. I don't know. It was it that that was probably what struck me the most watching it this last time was just really how how bad the delivery was from really really good actors. Yeah, it, it gets a little much because you can almost hear in your head how it could have been, mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. to be more fitting of of the moment. And uh, it's like, why didn't you just do one more take and get it right? <laughs> well, see, th- and that, that's what amazes me is, I'm, and I'm not going back to the fact that we've just been reading tons about uh, Qui Gon. Liam Neeson does a very good job, though. Even with like, you know, you got the spiel that everyone hates, the midichlorian spiel. He delivers it very, very well. Even if you hate midichlorians, you hate the idea of them. If you hate him explaining it to Anakin about, it, I mean, like him, you know, radioing, you know, Obi Wan to say, "Hey, give me a count" and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's I think he was del- drunk at the time. <laughs> well, I, I also, he still delivers the lines like like believably. I think that's why the synergy also seemed kind of out of place, is because I think he actually did a pretty good job of delivering his lines, but it was like delivering it to a wall, to a wall. I mean, he just <laughs> I don't know. Did you think he did an okay job? I mean, yes, I thought he did a fine job. Honestly, uh, it, I I can't criticize his performance. Last but scene, it, last scene's great. We'll be keeping an eye well, on you, Skywalker. I mean, that's just like, that's perfect. Oh, that was, but, I, at the time was, in the theater, I loved that. Yeah. But when he was talking to the queen, I felt like he was talking to a wall or a cardboard Yeah, it totally was. Yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree. <laughs> he was a seasoned, well, maybe that was because, though, he's like supposed to be this seasoned politician that is trying to usurp and get the, you know, the throne of, of what he's trying to get to. And then, and she's just kind of like, very well, Senator. I'm glad to see you got your yeah. promotion. You know, it's just like, oh my God, it's so horrible. <laughs> And it's like, and it's like, and it's like, Corbin is an amazing actress. It's just like someone had to tell her to do that, you know. And it's just like when you got a when you got a job as a an actress in a franchise that's going to make you tons of money, tons of fame, you know, you do it. You do it. I, I suspect I'm not, you know, assuming, but you do what you're told. And I feel like the direction had to be, and it's and it's Lucas. I mean, you know, you feel like it just had to be like really bad. But in other ways, again, I, I like the kid aspect of it where he's. You know, making sure kids have a fun time at the movies too. So I, that's a t- it's a tough movie. It's a tough movie. All right, so let's talk about um, the appearance finally in the main franchise of Darth Maul. So William, uh, just just to give you a little background. We've been reading a lot of comics, a lot of other stuff about Darth Maul here lately. 
Um, we think he's, or I think he's a badass. I mean, he's he's a hunter for sure. If you listen to the previous podcast, you know he's a hunter. Um, he is a absolute evil incarnation waiting to kill Jedi. Is that what you get watching this movie? Oh yeah, I do. I get it. It's good. It's good. It's a good. Yeah, it's a good. He's setup got for some. Him. He's got some issues. Well, the a issue. Few. Yeah, issue issues aside, lobbing off people at the dinner table says issues aside, I, I, the 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 scene where you know the red laser deal and him and Qui Gon where Qui Gon sits down, which is totally in character with Qui Gon, like like as of now after reading oh, all that stuff, moment, that moment was it takes beautiful. on something it takes on something better in the movie now. I, I really felt like it like after reading all this stuff about Qui Gon, Master Prentice with the comics, like it really takes on a better thing to me now. Like I'm like, dang, that's exactly what he would do. Yeah, and he's getting ready to go. And then Maul is doing exactly what he would do, just staring at him as he walks back and forth. And uh, and, yeah. and again, you got the Duel of Fates coming in the back. I, I love that scene. Love that scene. Yeah, I, I have to be very careful. Why? Um, well, because I know a lot more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't talk. Don't talk. Yeah, yeah. Because we haven't done Clone <laughs> Wars or anything like that yet. Yeah, so don't, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't get into any of that. The, but, the badassery has just begun. I know. I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it has. Spoiler! But, but, but that being <laughs> no, said, he dies. He I saw him. Oh no, he's dead. <laughs> he is completely dead. But that being said, Darth Maul is absolutely dead. He's beside himself with anger. Yes. Uh. No, no, Darth Maul. No, you will. I, I trust you. Trust me, John. John. Uh, Darth Maul. You will never see again. So, so good. So, I got. I got to talk about the spray scene. The red spray. mist scene. Oh. Yes, I did so not they, notice that the first so they time. Can't, I did. I remember sitting in the theater because I couldn't see it on the 640 by 40 screen. Oh, another rhyme when this is over. I saw so, another scene I didn't see before. Okay, so, so, th- so there was there was whenever whenever Obi Wan kills Darth Maul in the theater. I remember they can't like I guess was this PG or PG thirteen? I think it was PG. Like they couldn't get like you could tell that it was supposed to be so kiddish that they had to show that he cut him, but they couldn't show it. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't like a big huge thing of blood flying up or anything like that. So I think that the the uh, the middle ground was the red mist that you barely see, whenever he chops him in half, and um, I felt like it was a little bit more prevalent in this version. And maybe it's been altered since, and because PG is not what PG used to be, you know, I, I don't know how it all works. But um, I did notice the red mist this time. Like I was like, oh, there's the red mist. He just cut him in half. Did you was guys that really that not there? In the... No, I thought that was always there. No, I... it's it's been there, but I think it's been like less prevalent and more prevalent at certain points because it had to be to get the ratings. Oh. Okay. But I, I did not I, notice I, any difference. Yeah, I was just kind of amazed. I was like, oh, yeah. there's the red mist. It's there. He chops him in half. Clearly see it. I thought that the, the, the whole reason there was never any blood was that it was supposed to instantly... Uh, cauterize. Cauterize, yeah. Hmm. They're not in space. I mean, they're in space. They're on a, they're on a planet, though, right? But no, it's super cauterize. hot. Yeah, they burn. You burn. You seal the flesh. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Space does not enter into this. Okay, I, th- I thought you were talking about like in outer space itself. But I-, I see what you're saying. I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. There's definitely a red mist, and definitely a weird CGI scene in which he falls down a tube. Awesome um, scene. It's an awesome scene. It it did not hold up well. It's How kind so? of a weird. It's kind of a weird bounce. Like it just doesn't look. I don't know. Mm. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's the 4K that I was watching it on. I was just kind of like, oh, yeah. Didn't hold up as well. That being said, I enjoyed seeing the death scene. I mean, it was pretty good. Um, one thing I was annoyed by, <laughs> this is completely weird, but Darth Maul, this hunter that we've been watching or following for, you know, comic book after comic book, he knows 
how to kill people. I mean, he's, he's killed Rathgars. He's killed uh, everything under the sun. He, he's, he's, he's killed his first Jedi, as we noticed like last week in, in the comics. And he's doing his little pace thing. And he doesn't notice Obi-Wan look over at Liam Neeson's lightsaber. Yeah, like, that's like, like he's point, looking yes. right at it, and you're like, "Come on, it's Darth Maul." He and shouldn't he be able to? It would wouldn't um, um, Obi Wan kind of be feeling it out with the Force, and shouldn't he be able to detect that? I, I completely agree. It was a, it, like I never really know. I guess I probably saw it. I just never really registered it. Whatever I watched it in the movies previously, but yeah, I was just kind of like he's literally looking at it, and it's yeah. shaking a little bit. And I'm like, "Come yeah. on, Darth, come on, Maul. You know it's coming. You know what's about to happen." And uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, know, that's you, a you, conceit. You, you, have, you have to give it to the audience. I mean, you have to show them what you're about to do. So I, I get it. But right, that, that was one that's of the true. Yeah, if he just leapt up and grabbed a lightsaber, you know, he'd be like, "Where did the lightsaber come from? Was that his?" Exactly. Yeah, and, you, and, and you I, have I agree. to tell take the audience along with you. So that in that way, it's a conceit. Yeah, agreed. Good work. Good work. Conceit. Yeah, it's a screenwriting conceit. Yeah, that's what I was I was assuming as well. Yeah, that he would uh, if he was actually doing that, that uh. Maul would have been very aware of it. Okay, so I, I'm going to bring up the elephant in the room. Uh, we've 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 shied around it thus far. That uh, glowy ball thing at the end, where the glow doesn't quite line up with the yeah, with the it ball. is weird. It's like a really weird lava lamp. And I'm like, why nuts. do we need a weird lava lamp in her? <laughs> it's a plasma what? ball. Yeah, yeah so that actually was. That? That, believe it or not, that actually was not it. But oh. <laughs> um, I don't know the, what you're talking. Uh, about. I felt like I missed something. Like. Was that mentioned previously in the movie and I missed it or No, it was just a problem. It's the mystery like, of the plasma ball. Yeah, it's just a big plasma ball. It's like you got what was the what was the old uh shop that used to be at the mall? Man, I forget the name of it. Uh, oh Spencer's Spencer's, yeah, Spencer's. Spencer's yeah. It was like a Spencer's electric lava ball. It's like just Spencer's you know, just, sharper image. Yeah, yeah you just, know, yeah, you yeah, just, just hold it up, you know, give it to your friendly neighbor uh race. Uh okay, Jar Jar. So I am of the opinion that I understood Jar Jar's place in the movie originally to advocate for kids watching this movie and enjoying it and having comic relief. Um, it, it, he was a little more annoying on this rewatch. Yep. Uh, for me personally, but he's still not like, I, I get his place in the universe. I get his place in the star Wars universe. You well, guys what, hate him, what role? You? I mean, what? No, no I don't. He, to- he is. Stop. He is totally comic relief for kids. Like he is. Yes. This was a movie aimed at kids, and he is the comic relief. This is a this is a story with much gravitas, and uh, pretty weighty issues, and you have to balance that with the comedy, and therefore Jar Jar had to be fairly buffoonish. Okay, in so, order to so, counterbalance. Yeah. Okay. So so to counterbalance, you have to balance it out with comedy. I get that. Who is the comedy aimed at? Kids or adults? Kids. In this movie. Kids. Okay. That is a fundamental Clearly. difference in, what? and I'm trying not to go to the latter trilogy. I'm trying not to go there, but but that is a fundamental difference in the, the first three movies of who the comedy is aimed at than the last three movies. I think a good analogy for me is take the movie Up. Up is a horribly depressing movie for adults. Agreed. Um, but kids don't see it. They think right. it's funny. Yeah. And yeah. We, they see two different movies. And it's amazing credit to the author of that movie that, that adults and, and children can enjoy two completely different movies. Yeah. You guys remember Animaniacs? 
Yes. Oh, they, yeah. They that were also a, masters. That was that. a great yeah. version of that, of what you just said, too. Like, it was a completely different show almost if you watched it as an adult versus if you watched it as a kid. And and, and it wasn't... I, I mean, I, I understood the concept of... And it's kind of what I defended him early on of, of Jar Jar. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, because Shannon was, you know, did like after school teaching at the time and how much her kids loved Jar Jar. Um, and I guess I said, well, I guess that was right then. But, uh, but yeah, um, they saw a different story. They, they saw a completely different movie than we did. Um, so I guess it's the same way with Up. When I saw Up, and I'm like, this movie is horrible. I mean, not, hor- not horrible as far as writing. Yeah, yeah but it hurts. Depre- hurtful, depressing, yeah. yes. Yeah, well, yeah. you have to ask yourself, what role does Jar Jar play in the film? Well, he's the one that ultimately gives him supreme power. But um, in this film, in this well, in film. This, he didn't even in, get the plasma ball in this film. And, what role does he play? He's the bumbling I, fool, right? Yeah. Well, he, no, he wipes wait, wait, out the droid army. Wait, 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 wait. He, he helps. So he helps lead them through the tunnels mm-hmm. to get the to the other side. Core. Well, yeah, he, he he introduces Padme to the Gungan. He is the yeah, that's true. He does. He's like an Alingamat. Like he, like he. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a good that's a good quote. Yeah, he, he he's an ambassador. Him, yeah, he would not. They would not have known to go to the secret place unless Jar Jar was with them. Um, right. Okay. Sure. No, they when they go to when they go to talk to him, they try yeah, to get on the plane. Nobody's think, there. I'm thinking more of a direct role in the final battle. What role does he play there? He he bumbles about, right? He's as a general, as from being promoted to a general, he then screws everything up, releases right. all the shiny balls, right? But what does it do? It like wipes out half the army. Yes, that is Lucas telling us that there is no such thing as fate. It's all just happenstance, right? He has the force. Oh, is that what it is? Oh no, let's not get into these. Yeah, uh, he's he's comic relief. Yeah, and not much more. I mean, I, I he's comic relief for kids. That's the best way to say it. He's the comic relief for kids, and I, get I certainly, it. and I'm fine, and I'm fine with that. It doesn't bother me. Like, it, like, yeah. I, I definitely had less of a tolerance for it, it this it time was, than I did the first time. Yeah, and it was. It was. It stuck out to me, and I try not to let it stick out to me, but it did. I thought it was an insightful commentary on the meaninglessness of existence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when Qui Gon grabs his tongue, that right there just shows oh, that was that, good. That, that life should good. implode on everything. I mean, it just you know we should all be one big mass ball about the size of a baseball. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. He he annoyed me more, but I hated him less. If that makes any sense, like I yeah, don't know, it actually just, it does. Like I, like I just I, I was ready to skip by his parts, but yet what? I, well, not I was just ready to Blasphemy. like yeah yeah I was just ready I was ready to move on whenever he was having some kind of dialogue with anybody. Yet I understand his place in the greater Star Wars universe. I would love to talk to somebody that's like born in about 1987 or 88 right now. That's a Star Wars fan. And see what their take on Jar Jar is. Because that would put you 10 years old when this came out, right? Or, yeah, maybe, yeah. sorry, 12 years old. 10 to, 10 to 12. And see right. if it was a, a character that you really were like, hey, that's awesome. Like, you know, like there's, you know, it's, it's kind of a fun universe. Not necessarily this dark and brooding storyline. But I think ultimately they'll still tell you that R2-D2 and C-3PO end up becoming that comic relief. So, all right. So we got we to gotta touch on the R2 uh, award scene. That was so gratuitous. Even back then, I thought it was gratuitous. Yep. 
and now it's just even worse gratuitous. Makes you know? no sense. Yeah, it's just like it's just so injecting nostalgia that you don't need it. The thing that that I that I guess I never noticed before, and I guess I've always loved in like the video games, like the you know they have different Jedi powers with like the Jedi, um, I guess speed, and you probably like it's the scene is where they're being attacked by the battle droids, and uh, they run off very very quickly oh, I... in the video game thing. Mm-hmm. What do you that? call that? It's like like uh, uh, speed, it... Jedi speed or speed something. I don't know. Force speed. Force speed. Force speed. That's yeah. It. I think and, I think uh, it's been yeah. I was gonna say I think it's been like in video games and actually called something like in the video games. Yeah. 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 But I didn't, I don't I I had never noticed that before. Is it was that originally in the movie or is that that was yeah, absolutely was. in the movie? Okay. And and it bothered me at the time because wait, as wait, we wait, just wait, 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 wait. what so so the scene immediately after that scene where they're jumping down and they use force speed again when they're jumping down. No, you don't. That's called yeah, gravity. Do. No, this is way faster than gravity. This is way faster than gravity. Go back and look at the scene immediately after that when they jump out of the little, it's like a big panning scene where they're like in the hangar. I know the scene you're talking about. I can picture it yeah. in my mind. And that is it does, that, look, it does look weird. It is not. It is another it looks weird, weird because looking it's, scene to it's me. digital. It, you think that's no, force speed? It looks, you think they use yes, force speed I, to slam themselves? Yeah, they're trying in to the not day. get seen. Yes, I agree. Okay. I, it's force speed. Yep. All right. It's so name a, another time when they use it, then, Mister Big Man. They could. Obi Wan could have used it at the end of the movie when he wanted to get to Qui Gon Jinn. That would be the most obvious to. example, wouldn't it? No. Beat the little yeah, beat the little laser door thingies. I mean, we know That's, the laser door things are working like that, and you know you got the force speed, but maybe he was like keeping it all in so that he could. He could have force sped himself up to yeah. behind Darth, Darth Maul's back. Boom! Light sword right out your chest. Where'd that come from? I didn't even think about that. So they established that they do have force speed, which I'd never noticed before until we were watching. Yet he doesn't use it then, or any yeah. other time ever. It's it's a that was a that was a a uh, critique when the movie came out. I remember people talking about. Okay, that. Like, I had like, never noticed big, that. And I think I think they I think that in the movie, Lucas and the CGI overdid that initial jump out of the Droidica's uh, fire ring range. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what were that? Like it is so quick in the movie. They're like, why the hell aren't they doing that everywhere? All you know, the like, time. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. It, it's like a very jarring exit, and I think because because it, it pans then to like down the hallway, and they're like at the very end of the hallway. Yep. I think is yeah. yeah. And, and it's one of those things. Just like holy crap, they have that power. Like hey, why heard, are they not using I, that all the time? Yeah. And, and I remember people calling that a critique at, at the you know why didn't you know obi-wan use it at the end scene that kind of thing or why do they not use it when they're sword fighting like you know why why do they not use that way more and, and it was um, never yeah. used in the original three movies and another thing i could think of was like it was a tribute to the video games that came out before that um maybe that's a good yeah that's a good yeah i don't know that's a, that's a that's a really good that's like, a did, reason that's a crappy reason but it's a reason well i'm just saying what like where did where did lucas get the idea that he wanted to use it in that specific scene yeah, and, and no other. Because yeah, because now that, now that you think like I'm thinking back to any movie. Well, but that happens all the time. I, I it could be as simple as you know, let's do something cool to show because we're showing how bad the Jedi are, right? This is our yeah. first. Got to remember this is this is after how many years? Fifteen years. You know, here are the Jedi, and they are bad mofo's. All right, so this just yeah, plays and, into that, and then and, so and, many writers just just you get the jump, it. just drop it. You get the jump onto the ship too, though. Which well, you, know, we, you and I have talked about with Master and Apprentice how they have these speed runs and they have these kind of like jumps into ships. Yeah. I mean, Qui Gon does that when he's fighting Maul the original time, the yeah. very first time in the desert. He jumps up into a ship, and right. you're like, "Well, why can't Maul just jump up there?" You know, like oh, exactly. That was gonna I was gonna bring that up. If I don't know if they've mentioned it in the comics or not, um, but you know, certainly the books and stuff have mentioned it. 
And I think they, you know, well, we haven't talked about other movies. It's as close as as Darth Maul is to the ship. Why couldn't he use force powers on the ship? Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he should have been more than capable. So, so, so here's 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 something that, and we we just got done reading a comic book where Darth Maul kills his first uh, Jedi Padawan, who really was kind of a Jedi. She was like really uh, far along in her training. And, um, and, and he gets, so, so the comics that we've read up until now, he's been this hunter that's been set up to just kill anything. And then he comes across this Jedi and there's a little bit of a battle and he's, you can tell he's kind of like taken aback at how much he's having to, you know, actually try to, to kill this person. John, what did you think of him killing Qui-Gon so easily? I mean, I don't know. Easily is not the best word. I thought it was, no, it it had a good, uh, a good build to where he just got a slight edge. I think they they portrayed that very well. Yeah. He got a slight edge, okay. and you saw that Obi Wan saw it coming, right? We established Reacted. that from yeah. the pod racing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You can, yeah, you can see true. slight visions of the future, and so that was very nicely done, right? He got just yeah. enough okay. of an edge, and that that's enough to take him out. Okay, so so it was believable to you, and yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, all right. Now, and and me too. I think we'd establish. I think they'd done a decent job of establishing that Qui Gon was not a sword master. Um, well, well, one yeah. is using the green saber, which already think that, that, that's amazing that. that you say that because, like in the books, it's not his focus as a Jedi because it talks about like yeah. John, if you remember, Real Avaros, and like he was the sword fighter, he was the warrior, and it kind of alluded to the fact that Qui Gon was more the thinker, the philosopher kind of guy. Yeah. Oh, sure. I don't know if the comic books got into. I know that you know most of the other other lore gets no into spoilers. The, the, no spoilers, William. Okay. Well, different color lightsabers mean different things. Okay. Um, Obviously, I am so I intrigued, anybody... but I don't want. To know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not, yeah, yeah. Don't get, don't, don't get into it. Don't get into it. We, 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 we need I don't. To... I won't tell you what they mean because. Yeah, know, we need to I discover mean... it. We need to discover it as we go. You know, yep. so that, that's that's part of the podcast, the project as a whole. Yes. But but I, I I think I know where you're going only based on the Jedi that we've read about thus far. Yes. What does a yellowy there... orange lightsaber mean? <laughs> Why is my I mean, maroon? Obviously, Why you know that. I mean, you can probably guess. You know, red red means something. Red means Sith. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Let's, let's not. Let's not go into yeah. it. Let's not go into it because right, I cool. want to. I want to see more characters before we kind of go into it. But, but gotcha. yeah. So, John, you did find it completely believable the death, and it was and it was up to. Par Upon the rewatch, I appreciated it much more. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that leads that leads me to another question. And what what is what is a scene other than the pot racing? Because you've already discussed that. What is another scene, John, that you, upon rewatch, were more impressed with than you originally were? Oh, that's a that's a good one. Um, gosh, nothing on the planet. I mean, that that just doesn't really do anything yeah, uh, at all. Yeah. Uh, yep. Agreed. Uh, beyond the pod race, something that improved significantly upon rewatch. Not significantly, just that you felt was like okay. I kind of get that a little bit better. I like it. That that's a good add-in. I only only in the sense of of the the opening the opening scene. Because it's so Star Wars, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it has really a, it has action. such a great Star Wars feel yeah. and sound, and it's it's the beginning of the movie, so you're excited. Yeah, that beyond that, no, nothing really. All right, William. Upon your rewatch, what was one scene that you were really just kind of like, okay, that was better than I remember it? Probably just opening scene as well. I can't think of anything else. Just um, the gas, the, the kind of whole... Like, yeah, because like I said it gave me goosebumps again. Yeah. I don't know what mine would be other than the pot racing scene. Like, I really, like, am, am trying to think of what was, like, 
just an amazing scene. I think that that last scene, like I remember at the end of the movie, just being like, oh, it's a you know, it's kind of a award scene, and everybody's happy celebrating, you know, something happening. It's so but Star Wars. Re- it's so it, it totally, four. it totally is. But I really enjoyed Palpatine getting off the ship in front of all the Jedi, which is symbolic because he's like, I'm in front of the Jedi. You know what I mean? And yep. he, he gets in front of the Jedi, and he gets off the ship, and he's like, oh, well, Anakin, we'll be keeping up with you, blah, 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 blah. Good job, Obi-Wan. And then the whole campfire, or not campfire. Should, why did I say campfire? I should not have said campfire. <laughs> the whole funeral scene where Mace looks over at Yoda and says, you know, which did we kill? The, the, the Master of the Apprentice for the Sith. And literally, he's standing, like, right next to him. That's a, that, I didn't, like, take the, like, the that's entire, true. like, yeah, that's, that's like the entire, like, depth of the scene until that. And it just shows Palpatine. And it flipped, the camera, you know, flips to Palpatine. And he's just standing there, like, you know, he does nothing. And, and that's true. And I missed a lot of that because of that really awkward reading of, you know, uh, always two there are, Master and Apprentice. And then uh, Mace Windu says, but which did we kill, the Master or the Apprentice? It's such a terrible Which is a great, which is terrible a great, reading. like, I didn't... It was a terrible reading. Terrible Mace reading. does not have very good lines in this movie. At no, all. like, uh, like the whole, um, yeah, the, the whole time it's like with Yoda. You're Samuel L. Jackson. Council. You're, you're. Yeah, I know who you yeah, are. And there, yeah, and there's, but there's no, yeah, there's no feeling in it. Like, there's just no like, like, and you believe it's this boy? Like, it, it, there's just no, there's just no, just flat. They didn't allow him to act. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, yeah, it was flat. It was totally flat. And and the whole, where he's got the little thing and, and Anakin's reading off, it's a starship, it's a blah, blah, blah. And he knows all this stuff and he just kind of looks at Yoda and he kind of nods. Yeah. And it's like, man, that's Samuel Jackson. Let the guy act. Like, like, yeah. Well, but his yeah. thing is, I can man- guess is it- angry. He can't be angry. I don't think I can guess Jackson is Jackson has played non-angry. Well, okay. George Lucas must have <laughs> went to them and said, okay, Jedi... Basically, act like you have a you know a mop shoved up your butt. Um, yeah, you're you're the stoic you... monk. I mean, that was yeah. clearly the the what they were going for. Um, but it would have been really nice if if Samuel L. Jackson had just said, "You know, I'm tired of these motherfucking Sith on this motherfucking planet." Mm-hmm. So many beeps, so <laughs> many beeps. I'm gonna have to beep out. No, no, I, I agree with you. It, it would have been it would not necessarily his Pulp Fiction character, but it would have been better for him. That was to stakes have, on a plane. Um, oh my god. Oh, please. Yeah, okay. Which wallet's yours? The one that says motherfucker. Yeah, anyway, okay. So so I'm just saying that I, I if they, they could have let him out of his character a little bit more and, and made it. And, they, and well, we won't talk about the next movies, but they kind of let him do a little bit. Um, you know, I everybody was so tempered. All the actors and actresses in this movie were so tempered. That's a good way to put it. And I don't, and I don't understand if it was directionally they were tempered. Or they were just so nervous about being in such a huge franchise that it had the weight on that, their that's shoulders. What, that's 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 my point. That's what I'm saying. They were hindered. They they yeah, did yeah. Not, they had no freedom. The success you're saying the success of Star Wars hindered their acting ability. I I, I the agree. Weight with that. of the franchise, or, or it was Lucas. Well, both. Wait, well, he didn't I present okay, a third. Go I present yeah, third opinion, mm-hmm. third option. What if Lucas wanted you to not like Jedi? What if he wanted you to make things that they actually deserved what's going to happen to them? Yeah, that's a, that's, they a, were, that's a good. That's a good. I I I would not have entertained that before I have read what I've read now, and I, I they're pompous. Yeah. Assholes. Yeah, they're in the wrong place right now. Like they're just in the. And, and John, you and I have talked about this with Yoda. Yes. About how he's such an ass. Like he's like he is so wrong. And one thing I wanted to bring up too, and I actually had this in my notes. There's a, the end scene where he's telling Obi-Wan that he can train Anakin. 
And he's doing his weird cane thing where it's weird CGI where he's walking back and forth across the, the floor. And he says, I do, and this is, this is the key. I do not agree with you training Anakin. Like he says that clouded. He is, I can't see where he's going to go. And then immediately after Obi-Wan says, well, I promised Qui-Gon that I would do it. He says, well, the council says that you can. And it's very interesting to me because I never noticed that before that Yoda specifically is saying he doesn't agree with it. And then he's saying, okay, well, the council's already talked about it. That, that, well, that, okay. That's a perfectly valid reading. I took that more as he was speaking on behalf of the council and because of what Obi-Wan said, he, he went along with it. Okay, well, the council says you can do it. No, he specifically says, I do not agree. Yes. Right. And, th- and, th- and that's where I'm just kind of like... Your reading is better. I like your reading more. Yeah, it, it, it's just more like he's saying, I don't give a... Like, everybody else in the council was fine with it. I don't like it because I can't see what's going on. But are you saying that because of the, the scene from Master and Apprentice? Yes, exactly. Well, then that's like, a compliment I'm, 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 I'm to Master and like, Apprentice. I'm, I'm, Say what? That's a compliment for Master and Apprentice because it totally I think is. that's what no, she I was totally, doing. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that she's playing on that scene specifically. And I, I think that that Yoda can't like Yoda's like so frazzled that he doesn't know what's going on. He knows something's bad. He knows something that the, it, he's he knows something that they don't know is happening. Like the Sith, you know, from thousands of years has now shown up and he can't tell what's going on. And I think he is trying to like kind of like you know, like 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 in a work setting when you have a boss that just is so frazzled that they like they latch onto something and just go crazy with it. I think he's like going crazy with that, like with the fact that he doesn't know what's going on, so he's saying no to something. And I think hmm. that he's like, like yeah. he's like just this. He's just like he he doesn't know what's going on. He's freaking out. He's grasping for whatever control he can get. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's a, that's, he, like what, what? I like that point. What do I have power over? And the thing that I have power over is saying you can't let this kid, you know, become your padawan. And then Obi Wan's like, well. I kind of promised Qui-Gon I'd do it, so I'm going to leave your ass. Yeah, he's you the know. tyrant of the break room. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm going to do it, if even if you don't like, you know, want me to. And then, and then you know, I was like, fine. You know, yeah, the council already agreed that it's fine. You know, and it's like, whoa. Like, what is, like, it, that's probably the neatest thing about the prequel trilogy, in my opinion, and reading the lore up until this point with me, with Yoda, is just like, you think of Yoda as this wizened man that just knows everything about it, you know, in the, in four, five, and six, and then... Oh he's yeah, just, and he's I just a guy that's agree. like, "Whoa, what's going on? Like, I have no control over any of this. What can I do? Like, yeah, he doesn't know what's going on." Curious, John. If, if, I know. I'm assuming Eric, you have. Um, well, the, the last season just came out. I guess they waited what ten years. Um, but John, have you watched any of the Clone Wars? No, I have not. Yeah, and, okay. and we're going to William. We're going to. So don't don't cool. don't. Well, get don't in. I, I, in fairness, it has been so long since I watched it. I want to rewatch it with you guys. Okay. Yeah. We may we may get you back on some of those shows because because it's there's going to be a lot of them. I'll tell you that much. You better. Uh, yeah. There's there's <laughs> there's a bunch there's a bunch oh, of man. shows. Oh man. I would. But we I would. Got, we got to be careful because because hopefully we're taking people on this journey with us or on this project with us that are in the same place we are that we don't know what's going to go on later. So we're trying to, because because William, you know so much about what's going on in the universe, like later on. So we got to kind of we got to kind of make sure that we don't get ahead of ourselves chronologically. I completely understand. Yeah, the Clone Wars. Don't tell us your secrets, William. <laughs> oh man, I I, just, I know I you love... have cool stuff to tell us. I can tell like it's bleeding through my microphone. I have well, no video of you right now, and I know well, no, it's I, just, I just don't I remember just waiting to tell us stuff, but we can't. We can't. Well, we no, I don't it. remember so much of it. I just remember uh, the Clone Wars being so much cooler. Than most of the movies. 
I mean, it's it, as far as doing it, I don't say cooler. I say it does a better job of explaining things. Yeah, and, and yeah, and the, and the, and and to be fair, with movies, you have you know whatever the two hours exactly, and, and you're not and you're not just explaining to fanboys like us. You're explaining to the general public and new kids that are wanting to get into the series. So you have a lot of different audiences that you have to prepare for, and that type. Of All right, so playing but, off of that, playing off of that, if okay. this this is episode one, right? Episode one, the Phantom Menace. What if, here's a what if for you, what if this truly had been episode one? This franchise would not be anywhere near what it is today. Exactly. At all. At all. So, so I don't think, and, and I was born in 1979, I, there is no, I, I think it is really hard to say the impact of Star Trek and Star Wars and science fiction as a whole in the writers mm-hmm. of the 70s. Um, on stories that become mainstream movies, TV, you know, whatever. You, you don't get that. Like, like you know, we see everything's a rehash now. Like, like everything, there's no, there are some good, like uh, like Christopher Nolan, we talked about Tenet on the last podcast. Like, there's there are stories out there that are, you know, completely amazing and brand new out of this world. But had this movie been the very first Star Wars movie, I'd debate whether you'd have a second. Well, it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a farcical premise because he would not have had the backing to make a movie like this. You know, no studio would have agreed put agreed. the money and, for and this. A, and let's be honest with you, George Lucas at the time that he created this movie or wrote this movie um, was already well off. He could live the rest of his life not worrying about anything. Yeah, and he that has a big yeah, and, and then that has a big a bearing. Points. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a couple a couple of doubloons, um, but I'm just saying, like he didn't. You know, there, there was no there was no worry about where my next meal is coming from, which I think there was at the beginning of Star Wars, and I think which that's a cool better made uh, made a better movie. I totally agree, and I say the same thing with Harry Potter, like uh, Rowling, like she was you know dest- not destitute, but she was you know she didn't have a lot of money, she had kids that she had to feed, and I think that there's there's a story that comes from, or there's chances that you take. When with a story, when you come from something where you really need something, and uh, you know, I, I'm not saying Lucas did you know fan service. I'm not saying Lucas did anything with episodes one through three, but I'm just saying that it's it's more of a there's a hunger where it comes from. Well, I think, that that's a well established like well established trope, right? No, no good story comes from comfort. There must be suffering. No, there must I be strife. I don't agree with that. I think that you can be somebody that has, uh, you can be somebody that is well off that doesn't worry about their career and still make a great story. Name six examples. <laughs> Chris Nolan, Tenet. Um, no, you I, haven't you even know. seen that I'm yet. Saying, I, 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 I know. I'm just saying though, that there are people out there that are writing really, really good stories and stuff that are not hunger, you know, hunger driven. Like they, they're established. You can still write a good story. Like what was when CS Lewis wrote uh, Lion, Witch in the Wardrobe, was that after like screw tape letters and all that kind of stuff? I think it was. I think he was an already established um, writer, and he came up with that. Tolkien was not. I think Tolkien, when he did Lord of the Rings, had a little bit of that hunger, like he was younger, because uh, he had come back from the war. Um, I'm trying to think of other just big stories that I'm like, oh, that was great. Uh, I think you'd put a lot of the sci-fi writers like Asimov in them. No, well, Asimov. I mean, so you got to remember though, Asimov had like magazine yeah. things. He had, like he had lots of stuff going on when he wrote. Really good stuff. Like he wrote stuff, really good stuff the whole his whole life. So I mean, well, and he, really... I mean, he was successful just being a was it astrophysicist. So yeah, there, there's there, yeah, it, it's he's kind of in a category all write... by himself. I mean, he typed at ninety words a minute. He he yeah, and just true. nonstop yeah. fountain of ideas and great stories. That he's he's all by himself over there. 
So, so I, I mentioned it earlier, and I want to bring it back up because I think it was a very big uh, like sticking point with a lot of people when the movie came Let out. Let Sleeping Jedi lie, I'm just saying. <laughs> Midichlorians. Yeah, you said the um, N-word. Yeah, I said the N-word. Uh, I personally enjoy it. I, I, I It doesn't, like, like it's, it's a nope. way to quantify. Nope, okay, I know. It's a way to quantify your status as a Jedi. It or raises status. way too many wait, questions. Wait, 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 wait. It's a way to st- it's a way to quantify your status as a Jedi compared to other Jedi. Yeah. Is so let's that... harvest the midichlorians from your blood, stick them in my blood. Now who's wait, the master? Wait, 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 wait. Hey, look, 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 look. <laughs> we can put off. We can put up. We can build ships that have lasers that deflect other lasers. Sure we can do all that stuff. But there's nobody that says we can do anything about midichlorians. So, <laughs> so okay. So, so the problem with midichlorians. What if you filter out the midichlorians? Are you no longer a Jedi? That, wait, 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 wait. What, what, what is y'all's problem? Is it the yardstick? Is it, is it the ability to be able to compare other Jedi with other Jedi? It's it's pulling out the curtain, you know, uh, on on the guy behind the great wizard. It, the Force was meant to be a mysterious force. Look at the name, the Force. I mean, there, there's no explanation there, and there shouldn't and, be. What about? Yeah, and there's certain things like you know, that don't even have blood. I mean, the uh, I mean, I don't I, mean, I don't understand how it ties into blood. Um, that's a, I, I've never actually thought about that in particular, but yeah, yes. I haven't either. That's actually a pretty good Things one. that don't have blood. <laughs> like, now, now, now that you say that, I'm, I'm like, does everything have blood? <laughs> like, like, does the little little Greedo kid with the lollipop thing and Anakin's thing, or the little drum thing, does he have blood? No, like, I don't know. That's a good question. That's, that actually is a really good question. I, I Yeah, is that's got to be... You're saying that with, with midichlorians, there has to be a universal property of blood in living things. And now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, that kind of does allude to that. And that speaks back to the Jedi are lost. They think that these midichlorians explain the Force, and they're dead wrong. Yes. Yes, that's actually a good point. Maybe that's the whole thing. It goes back to them being They pompous. don't know what they're talking about. That, that, that gets back to, yes. yeah, Lucas wants you to see how the Jedi are. the Jedi. Yeah, exactly. I, I, think, I, I, think we, I think we can all agree that based on the lore up until this point, based on this movie— the the Jedi are way far out there where they should be. They they are yep. completely pompous. Like they, they are they are they are they are missing everything. Well, uh, in this time at, at this point, how long have the Sith been gone? You know, I keep a thousand years. Say, like, a, it's a millennium. It's they a, are. Is it a thousand years? Yeah, I keep wanting yeah. to say two thousand, but I think I think you're right. So they've had nothing serious to oppose them for that long. Of course, you atrophy, and you start yeah. thinking the little microscopic bacteria in your blood explain everything. Well, wait, 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 wait. What if they are right, though? Let's go. Let's go to the devil's advocate here. What if they are right, and that does determine the Jedi? I mean, they did say that he was off the charts, and he is Darth Vader, and he does bring balance to the Force. There's just too many questions. It just raises way too many questions, like the no blood question, like the I'm going to harvest your no blood question and become was, a Jedi was spot Master. Spot on. I like the no blood question. <laughs> I like that was Why don't you like to harvest the midichlorians from your blood? What's wrong with that? Wow. <sighs> We can measure them, but we can't. This is all good. Can you kill them? Like, can you kill those little guys? Immaculate yeah. conception. Can you radiate them? Yeah, that's another thing we haven't brought up. The immaculate. Oh, conception. she's lying! Come on! No, stop! <laughs> oh my god! They all lie. Uh, Everybody uh, lies. I, uh, stop! I uh, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. you know, if there's one part that you could really tell Lucas forced into this thing, that's it. That that and is I'm really not, shoving. Yeah, that's shoving it right in yeah, your face. Of, I'm of, not yeah, chosen I'm, one, chosen just, one right here. I mean, yeah, that's a little much. Yeah, there's just the whole. Yeah, that that's. 
Yeah, that that's it's never really been a problem for me because I understand where he's going to go in the future, and maybe that's the advantage of making four, five, and six at the time that they did. But still, I'm just always kind of like, golly, the no. What if Jesus was a bad guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or what if he's Dark bad up Jesus. to the last point? It's like it's, Dark it, Jesus. Uh, it's just like, man, what do I? What, yeah. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and it's and again, it's so R two D two. Who's this little droid? He saved this from the thing. It's so in your face. Well, you're just you, you right. can't. And and he's he Annie Annie is uh, creating a protocol droid. Why? <laughs> so it's gonna help his mom because he's he has to. That's yeah. right. Yeah, not a, not like some kind of maid droid, but a protocol droid that speaks six million yeah. languages. Yep, to help his mom do the dishes. <laughs> How do you say okay, the dishes so we've are? Got, we've, got, we've got the R two we've got the R two D two award ceremony scene. We've got Annie creating C three PO, and we've got uh, him being born without a father. Those are the three big uh, in your face scenes in this movie, correct? Yeah, yeah. Those are the those are the ones that I can do away with personally. Like like that. It's it's not just fan service. It's like way past fan service. And, that, um, and that's the thing. Yeah, the R two ceremony did did not even need to happen. Right at at all at there's all. No, there's no there's no value in it. There's no. There, there's so many other ways that C3PO could have could have come into their their party, joined their party at various points. That's not necessary. And ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, he would not have been even part of the party. But yeah, right. And the immaculate conception thing. Who cares? <laughs> Darp Jesus. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Darp Jesus. The guy that used to be the guy that used to be the preacher. Is talking about dark Jesus. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, it, it, it's a, it's yeah. It, the, the, all right, so so all right, so let's close Jesus this podcast out. Let's say, oh my let's, god, wait wait, let's let's like like dark beans. Okay, <laughs> all right, let's let's close this podcast out by saying that there was some stuff that 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 Lucas did, did that was overdone. Didn't need to be there. That no, they didn't. Yeah, they did not need to be there. That of course affects the story. For the next couple of movies, we know this. Um, but that being said, overall, other than the CGI and the dialogue delivery, <laughs> the movie holds up a little bit better than we think it did when we originally saw it. Is that, the, is that a the fair best thing I to can say? say? Is it feels like Star Wars? Yeah. It, oh, totally feels like Star. I, I agree with that. Music scenes um, didn't CGI didn't CGI for the time. Am I wrong? Was it Shia LaBeouf? Somebody created like a fan edit of the fan. No, Menace. it was uh, it was the guy from a '70s show, wasn't it? Oh, okay, so not Shia. It was um, uh, Eric Redman. The character's name's Eric Redman. I forget the guy's name. I think he was the one that created the the edit that was actually pretty. Has good. It, have you watched it? So, so uh, I remember. Yeah, I, I watched part of it whenever it first came out. Oh. Like whenever he released it. Never seen that it. being said, though, I like I'm. I, I don't watch like there's like a, so so whenever whenever we watch it on YouTube there were so many different reviews and stuff and I watched some of them and I was like oh, that was pretty good I watched a, a Siskel and Ebert uh, like a thirty minute show in which they went back and talked to Lucas and gave their initial review of the movie and stuff that was really really good but there's so much just uh, fan video crap which I mean I guess we're locked into that being a podcast about Star Wars but like like just kind of stuff that's like oh here's my edit of how it could have been better blah blah blah. Lucas ran this thing, and 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 I, th- I think for me personally, w- w- any of the podcast, Lucas ran this thing for better or for worse, and I think that like you've got to take his version for mm-hmm. better or for worse, 
as as the as as the the basis for everything. And 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 it sucks in some places, but overall, I think he did a pretty good Star Wars feel movie. Like I, I like I like like I felt like I enjoyed watching it. Didn't agree with everything. Some of it was cheese. Some of it was kid service. Some of it was fan service. Some of it was everything else. But overall, I liked it. And like I said at the time, it could be worse. It could have been. It, it, <laughs> and, and, the, and that's the thing is like, we didn't know how well we had it. Like it was like. It was yeah, like, exactly. Like it, it, it was just kind of like one of those things where like everybody had their own argument against certain parts of it. Metachlorians, you know, like lightsaber. Duel, every, everything. Everybody had problems with it. But. Overall, it was not a bad movie, and it was a good continuation of the original trilogy. Well, not continuation, not but sure, but of the but yeah. Look at what this movie was up against: fifteen years of people Black in Hawk their down. heads. Black Hawk down. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> fifteen years of of people um, imagining the most amazing Star Wars stories and movies, and this comes out, yeah. and it's got to compete. Yeah. With all of that, yeah, and, and you got to remember that. To, to be fair, the internet uh, was there, but not there there yet. So like, like fan writings and all that stuff had not congregated that that seven eight nine had to have you know competition with. But yeah, I agree with you. Like it was like a yeah, it, it had a lot on its shoulders, and the, and the actors and actresses had a lot on their shoulders, and this thing could not flop. I mean, it, it could not flop. I mean, that was the that was the whole key. And uh, I don't think it did. I, I, in the end, I don't think it did. Um, I think it provides good discussion for people like us. Um, but it had its flaws. I mean, it, you know, it just it it wasn't perfect, but it was good. It was a good movie. I mean, it, it, we all rated it above seventy, didn't we? At the yes, beginning yeah. of the podcast, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was in the in the eyes of people that have gone out of their way to read other Star Wars stuff and taken their own personal time, recreational time, to you know step away and actually read other Star Wars stuff, we all still think it's a pretty good movie. I would say that it was a surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. Yeah, agreed. And and I'm, I'm interested, um, when we get to 789, when we get to other movies, when we get to two, uh, what, what, what do we think of one compared to those movies? And I think, I think in the end, um, we're going to, we're going to be pretty impressed with one compared to everything else. It's got so, the most jar jar in it. So it's already got that going for it, which is nice. It's Binksish. <laughs> it is so Binksy. It's not even funny. I mean, it is like, now, so two may end up being the one that's most divisive then. Hmm. I think, I think based on this crowd, uh, three is going to be pretty divisive. Think so? Nah. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll talk but, about hey, that later, but later podcast, we have tons of stuff sucks. coming up. Um, <laughs> yeah, two's two's going to be an interesting. Um... So, uh, quick question: Are we going to uh, watch Clone Wars in between two and three? No. So okay. So so uh, William, you may not know about the podcast, but I'll send you the list of where we're going next. Okay. Um, so we've got John and I uh, have Obi Wan and Anakin for uh, a comic series, which I'm really excited about. It's a great comic series. We have the Queen Shadow book. We have the Age of two Age of the Republic one off episodes. Then we have that really weird Doku Jedi Lost. Uh, William, we'll probably have you back on for the Doku Jedi Lost because we were talking about the audio dramas earlier, and it's a pure okay, audio drama. So we'll probably get you back on for that. And then we have one weird Age of Republic comic, and then we have Star Wars Episode 2. So Episode awesome. 2 is not far away. We're probably talking two or three podcasts away. Um, and then we hit Clone Wars. And Clone Wars. Goodness gracious, we have a lot of Clone Wars to go before we get to the third movie. 
Yeah. So there's a lot. There is a what, like, six seasons. I, yeah, like four or five seasons. Oh like it is, legi- it is a legit. It is no, well, John. I, John, I'm not joking around. Like it is going to be a long time before we hit the third. Oh movie. yeah, you're going to so love. William, gonna William love we may have you in for some of those Clone Wars episodes also because um, that's a long stretch. I get bored easily. <laughs> you won't well, get bored. You won't get bored. They're, yeah, yeah. I was about yeah. to say the Clone Wars was a good series, so we'll, we'll it, it'll be good. So thanks for joining us about the uh, first uh, podcast that we did a movie, Phantom Menace. Uh, uh, next week we're doing Obi Wan and Anakin comic book series, which is a six series arc, which we'll probably break into two podcasts: one podcast in the first three books and one podcast in the second three books. Again, William, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it for the movie podcast. We're probably gonna have you in for the audio drums also. Thank you for having me. No, oh, awesome. Uh, we'll see you guys next week and stay safe. This is the 11 Parsecs Podcast, episode number six. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a good review. Find us at 11parsecs.com and Discord. I'm Jonathan Smith with Eric Thompson and that phantom ace of a man, William Buchanan. Thank you for joining us.